The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, game's still going on, but East Carolina punted the ball away down two possessions a moment ago, waving the white flag. So if they think it's over, we'll uh, call it over as well. And SMU with a late touchdown, a why not touchdown to make the score look prettier for them as they're reviewing it right now. Somehow some matrix stuff happened and that guy's knee didn't go down that was wild weave all right uh 317-1250 the number we're gonna be taking your calls late into the evening as ecu falls on a thursday night to smu 317-1250 on the halloween express live line we'll take your calls and uh talk about another pirate loss we're back with you on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. They're still playing football down the road at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, but the game is in hand for SMU. They're up 31-10. Pirates are driving, trying to get a uh, late score on the board here. Clip Rock, Billy Weaver, Marcus Crandall, Jason Nichols in the Pirate Radio Studios. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. The man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt video production tonight as East Carolina is going to fall to 1-5 and five on the season in a game we've seen before this year where the defense keeps you in it and the offense just cannot muster enough and eventually, I, I said it while we were watching it, this reminds me of Marshall where we keep getting opportunities to take the lead uh, do something on offense and eventually that dam is going to break and the defense is going to allow points and that has happened, plus you threw a, a pick six in there as well and uh, got away from the Pirates tonight. Yeah, I agree. The The defense has played well. You know, you look at anybody looking at this game from the outside looking in and just looks at the score and says, okay, this defense gave up 31 points. That's not the case at all. Because like you said, there was that pick six. That doesn't count on the defense. Game was pretty much over when they gave up that last touchdown. I mean, it, it's just... This offense, man, is just – I thought we were going to see something different tonight. I didn't really see anything different. No. Jason, I, I, Marcus, anything before we get to the calls? No, only – you know, I agree. I, I was looking to see if we would put a couple more twists into the offense, but uh, it seemed like we, we didn't really add much to the offense over the open week. And um, I don't know. It's it's just it's not very exciting right now. We're not we're not creating explosion plays. We're not scoring points. We're not playing complimentary football um, because right now our defense and special teams have, have helped us. But offensively, right now, man, we are struggling. Just um, hats off to uh, Siobhan Revel, man, because he, he he's no been, kidding. man, he he played outstanding. He was superb all day. Uh, I think the um, the Mustangs came in with an attitude or, or a mindset that they were going to challenge him today, 
and uh, he stood up to that challenge and did very well. Uh, probably had one of the best catches of the of the season uh, caught on him. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it was pretty much shut down. And uh, he outstanding job. Great to see. The whole defense, I mean, for the most part today. I mean, you would like to have seen us get a little bit more pass rush on the quarterback because he had some moments in there where he scrambled for about 10 to 15 seconds, I think it seems yeah. like sometimes. But um, other than that, that tells you that at least we held up good in the back end. We gave up those two plays early on yeah. when they got up 14 nothing. It was some bust in the back end. But after that, I thought they played pretty solid until late here in the, in the fourth quarter. All right, let's hear what you folks have to say. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Colin, Chance, Zach, we'll get to you in a moment. Let's start with Kenny in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Clip, uh, Billy. Guys, uh, I guess the theme of the night is going to be pathetic because that's exactly what we put out on the field tonight for a long time, except for the defense. But, you know, they get beat down and beat down, and they can't do it all. Uh the other thing is, you know, don't you don't like to say fire somebody, but you got to get rid of Donnie. I mean, dude, the guy's pathetic. He's horrible at play calling, and he's losing the fan base. The fans are tired of running up the middle, running up the middle for two yards, losing yards, and then you put the quarterbacks in third and 12, third and eight, third and nine, and then they throw the damn ball in the dirt. I'm sorry. But it's, it's, it's just getting horrible to watch this mess. Uh, Coach Houston, you get on the other week and you're up there talking about you don't hear the outside noise and you don't care. Well, you better start caring, buddy, because you're the one and your administration comes and begs us for money every week and every month and every season. You whine about an indoor practice facility. You better learn to play outdoors because we're tired of this. We don't like seeing this crappy football. You know, it, it gets, it just gets old, man. We, we come over here, we spend a lot of money. Some of us ain't big donors, but we spend a bunch of money and time coming over to support this team. And, man, we're not getting, we're not watching good football. The offense is, is just putrid. It, it, it's, it's terrible. That, that pick six, there was nobody out there but the SMU guy. So I don't know what both these quarterbacks should do because the way it looks like next year, one of them's going to be playing at South Carolina State back in his own state, and the other one might be playing for Elon because they ain't the answer. And if they're back next year after the way they're playing this year, you're going to have 12,000 people maybe buy season tickets and average 25,000 people a game. So I'm I, very down on this team. I really didn't think we'd be this bad this year, but it is what it is. Your eyes don't lie, and it's bad football. That's about all I got. Y'all right. have a good night, and I'll be in the stadium the next game for Charlotte. <laughs> we can do better. Well, we appreciate your Thanks, support, yeah. man. Thanks I mean, for coming. Being, being former Pirates here, uh, we appreciate you coming, bringing your family here to support the guys. Uh, but I agree with a lot that you said, so uh, have a safe travel home tonight. Kenny and Blunt's Creek, we go next to Zach and Dunn on the Halloween Express live line. Hello, Zach. Hey, Clip. Uh, thanks for taking my call, as always. Uh, maybe we can make the stadium into a Halloween Express. I think we'd probably get more use out of it that way. Um, Elliot on YouTube said that I have the same call every week, so I'm going to try and switch it up a little bit. 
Uh, my grandfather, the Senator Billy Mills, used to tell me always start out with a positive. So uh, on a positive note, um, we had so many balls in the dirt tonight, at least we saw that Flynn could hit a guy in the numbers on that pick six. So there is a positive there. Um, not sure if you guys watched the Coastal and App State game this week, but uh, you know the offensive coordinators there – it was that was a fun game to watch. You just there's so many fireworks, and then you watch that game on a Tuesday night, and you come to Greenville on a Thursday, and we had three drives to start the game, and cumulative yards through those three possessions did not equate to a first down. That's terrible, um, and. You guys need to start playing a drinking game uh, for every time somebody says you need to fire Donnie. Uh, make sure that uh, you get some sort of sponsorship from Uber so that you can get home safe. But um, it's everybody seemed to be waiting on something to happen uh, that we would lose the game. Whereas I remember in years past, we've always been one of those chip on your shoulder fan bases where you're just waiting for something to flip the script and us to come back and make a play and win the game. And the chances were there all night, all night. And our piss-poor play calling never took advantage of it. Uh, we had two big plays that we gave up on defense, and everybody could have laid down. I feel so bad for the guys on defense because they played their tails off. Um, they could have easily laid down knowing full well that Donnie was going to call runs up the gut every play and that the offense wasn't going to be able to overcome a 14-point deficit, which we still didn't score 14 points on the night. And uh, it's just it's so sad to watch it and to watch the fan base lose interest and look for a reason for us to lose rather than to flip the script and to win the game at the end of the game like we have in years past. Uh, I'll be there next weekend uh, bringing a few friends with me that are – uh, suckers enough to come with me. Um, but the only reason I'm coming is so that nobody can tell me that I'm a fair weather fan by only showing up whenever we're doing good. I will be there. Guys, have a good evening. Good luck tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Uh, second caller that is not happy with the product that says they'll be there next weekend. So That's great to hear. That's, no, yeah, no that is good to hear. No doubt. That is awesome. Because you can be a fan and be upset with what you're watching. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, not exclusive. Thanks yeah. for showing up, guys. Yeah, we, we, we've talked about that in the past that, you know, when the fans call in and complain and yell and gripe and all that, we would rather have that than them not call at all and not show up in the apathy that we see at a lot of other schools. So yeah. that's the good part about it. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's great. And I, and I tell you what, we need that through a, through this tough time. I mean, it's, it's not easy right now, but... Um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm frustrated just like they are too. <laughs> so three one seven twelve fifty Braves runners on the corners, nobody out down three one in the ninth inning. Crap. Hey, the Braves. <laughs> that's a real team there. You know, Atlanta. Atlanta. Chance. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is up next in Greenville. <laughs> We're not playing like that right now, but a little cold right now. A little cold, but Atlanta. Uh, Hello, Chance. Look, I'm a Mets fan. I don't like either one. Nobody, of these teams. Billy, stop talking so much. <laughs> Chance, you're up. Hey, guys, uh, you know, usually I just listen in, but, you know, I'm just so set up, you know, tonight. I feel like I had to call in. Um, I'm not going to yell too much. I've done all my yelling at the game. told Donnie how I felt about him. But uh, how, how do we feel about, you know, just the changing of the quarterback so much? We let Flynn 
get in there. You know, Alex started. We get Flynn in there. You know, Flynn scored twice. I didn't like all the balls in the dirt. But, you know, Flynn comes in, and he fumbles the ball, and we just leave him out there. You know, how do you feel about that? I mean, Darren Moses stayed tonight. All right, thoughts on the quarterback use tonight? I mean, I think um, the it seemed like for a certain point that when Mason came in, um, the it was going to be his his ball from that point on, and I think the offense sputtered after a while that he'd been in for about three or four series or something like that. The offense sputtered, and that's when the change change came back again and all that. And so, um, yeah, the guy it, on the bench just. It just can provide a spark. That, well, yeah, it provides a spark, but then the spark goes out. So right. you got to bring another guy to you get a little bring spark. The other guy in. We just we, we don't have a guy. We we just don't have a guy. No. You know we we talked about this early in the week. Um, I thought this was a great time to find out what we have in Mason Garcia because you need to say you know is this our guy or not going going forward. He played what uh, five quarters prior to that coming into this game. And, you know, he does some good things. I see where they are with this whole thing. He does some good things, but, God, you got to hit some of those throws that yeah. he missed today. You he threw to. way too many, way too short, yeah. and underthrew guys. Yeah. There were receivers that on a few plays were not hit in stride. The one play, I think it was on a either a third, and I think might have been a fourth and two, um, where he hit the receiver coming across is the motion receiver yeah. hit him in stride. His momentum carried him across. First time. Now, a couple other plays earlier in the game when the the same situation mm-hmm. passes way behind. Guy has to go or go down low and get it. Momentum yeah. is lost at that point. Yeah, I'm, just not hitting receivers in, in stride. That one in particular, though, that that was the third and eight one. The third and long. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So that, that, if that if your right receiver's going to run short of the sticks, right. you got to hit him in stride. But I mean, you got to give him credit for that. I mean, if if the play's designed to, to be go man. to him. Yeah. Right. It is designed to be man covered. But down the distance, man, I mean yeah. And it wasn't man. Right. That, right. It was right. somebody came off and hit him. I, we, it right. was the first play. Yeah. He came yeah. off and hit him. It wasn't man. But that you know, as a play caller, sometimes you have plays say, Hey, they like to play man on this down. I'm calling a man play. You're you're playing yeah. the percentage of what you're gonna get. And it wasn't man, and so that guy came off, and that's not a good play versus zone at that no. point in time. Right. It's not designed yeah. to get you eight. Yeah. All right, back to the Halloween Express live line. Colin is up in Charlotte. Hey, Colin. Hey, guys. Um, So I think the tone of the game was set pretty early on. Um, When Bond went down on the kickoff coverage, uh, you know, I'm all for having your athletes on the field, but to have one of your most explosive offensive weapons on the field for a kickoff coverage, um, I struggle with that a little bit, Um, you know, Football's a violent game, and you can't predict when somebody's going to get hurt, but I feel like you can minimize the exposure to those incidents. Um, you guys mentioned it before you took the calls. Um, I thought the first drive was super uninspiring. You know, it's a home game on a Thursday. You're a dog at home. Why not open up the playbook and run something creative? Don't go up the gut two times in a row and then put yourself in a third and long right off the bat. Um, it. it it's the same stuff week in and week out. Um, you know, one thing that I'm noticing with Mason, when he's in the game, it's even the broken plays can at least be a little bit exciting. But, you know, he, I feel like he excels 
I feel like Excel is maybe not the right word, but he does better when he's on the run than when he's in the pocket. And I feel like there's times where they're trying to make him a pocket passer, and he's just not comfortable in the pocket, and you could tell that. Um, when they brought Flynn in, I, you know, I would have loved to seen some urgency when he fumbled to get up to the line and try and get a play call in. Um, you know, they could have still called the timeout, but at least show me some effort to get up to the line. If you think he may have fumbled, get up there and do something about it. Um, it it's just, it's a frustrating team to watch right now. Um, when Dan Mullins is on the line and he's saying it, well, well, it's interesting that we're putting in Flynn. Uh, it's a terrible play call, interesting play call. It's bad when the commentators are also noticing these things. If I'm on the defense, I don't want to come off the field. When I get the fourth down stop, I want to stay on the field for the offense. There's nothing going on the offense. you got to do something creative. It's just it's the same thing week in and week out. But there were glimpses today. I got excited. We hit a 49-yard field goal, which typically doesn't happen for us. But this team is uh, – it's frustrating to watch. Um, You know, the defense played their hearts out. I enjoyed watching the defense at times. And, yes, they gave up some explosive plays. But at the same time, shouts to Revel. He played his tail off. Um, you know, I, I think there are some things that we did today that were better, but at the same time, it's, it's the same thing. I was expecting more from the offense coming off a of bye week, but, um, I appreciate everything you guys do. Um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Great call, Colin. I mean, we did a four hour pregame show on, all right, what are we going to see different tonight? And, uh, that first play of the game, run into a brick wall. Well, Colin said something that really kind of piqued my interest, too, that, you know, if you go out and you continue to do the same thing over and over and you lose, you're going to get so much more heat than if you go out there and completely change it up and say and go ahead and, and be true to your we're going to shoot our shot, throw downfield, do some crazy stuff and you get intercepted and you still lose. Then at least people are saying, well, at least they tried something different. Instead of losing the same old way over and over and over again, and that's the it, it's the definition of insanity. Continuing to do the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, <clears throat> I agree with you on on all of that. I agree with the caller that called in. Um, we definitely. I don't know how extensive the playbook is because at this point, I have not seen enough to make me say that. They got stuff that they can get to, um, because we keep seeing the same thing on 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 in the game. I say on film because I'm used to watching film, but in the game we see the same thing over and over again. And there's no like, like okay, what's the play off of this play? I'm running this play to set this play up. Mm-hmm. I was looking for you know what when Mason made the best throws tonight. You know what he was doing? He was on the move. Yeah, he was moving. I've said it from day one with that big boy, I would put him on the corner a lot more than I would ever keep him in the pocket because somebody made the statement. He's not as comfortable in the pocket as he is on the move. And when you get him on the move being 6'4", 250, he's a hard tackle out there. That's at least five yards. Mm -hmm. Now, if the defense breaks down and you have the right concept out there to where he could throw the comeback he can you know whatever it may be that you're sprinting or moving to or booting to it's going to turn into a bigger play but we do this i agree we do the same thing and we're asking a kid to sit in a pocket who's not capable of staying there move them yeah 
Uh, Braves lose, so the night just sucks more. <sighs> Bummer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Pete, Kyle, Brandon, Cameron, hang on. We'll get to you when we return. 317-1250. Uh, if, if you're hearing this, you found a way to uh, to get the show. We're not on Facebook. A lot of people are asking about that. Uh, we are on YouTube. And, of course, the radio and website. Uh, 317-1250 is the number on the Halloween Express live line. We'll get to more of your calls when we return after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, lots going on tonight. Kansas City beats Denver 19-8 was your final score. Patrick Mahomes was 30-40 of for 306 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He also ran for, uh, he took, he ran for 31 yards on six carries. Travis Kelsey had nine catches for 124 yards. And former Pirate Jaquan McMillan had seven tackles for Denver. Uh, The Wizards beat the Hornets 98-92. Houston beat West Virginia on a Hail Mary that they caught in the end zone in the uh, waning seconds. That final was 41-39. Phillies beat the Braves in game four of the NLDS 3-1, so they advanced to the championship series. And coming up tomorrow night, there are three college football games. Memphis will host Tulane at 7 o'clock. Fresno State is at Utah State at 8 o'clock. Colorado will host Stanford at 10 o'clock. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at The Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. And they'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every day, or excuse me, score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Welcome back to the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Thank you to Wings Over Greenville for the post-game food. They will deliver right to your door. They are open, 758-WING. Dropped off uh, some great tenders, bone-in wings, tater tots, and uh, we have all enjoyed those. Uh, The honey mustard was a uh, pleasant surprise tonight. They were awesome. It was a fan favorite amongst the table. The honey mustard? Yeah. Man, they were awesome. Yes, sir. So, uh, Wings Over Greenville, great football food while you're watching games this weekend all right uh we go back to the halloween express live line halloween express greenville's premier halloween superstore right next to target in greenville get all your holiday uh, halloween shopping done at halloween express and we have 508 more viewers than we have likes at the moment we need to take care of that so if you could hit that thumb we'd greatly appreciate it uh, and we'll hang out with you late night tonight and talk EC football. Pete, Kyle, Brandon, hang on. Let's go to Cameron in Greenville. Hey, Cameron. Guys, Mike Houston, $2.4 million a year. Donnie Kirkpatrick, $400,000 a year. And we're down 14 in the fourth quarter with a fourth and short. And we punt the freaking football? 
Are you kidding me, guys? This is East Carolina University. We play with a chip on our shoulder. We play to win. I don't care if if we go for it and throw it in your steps, they run back for touchdowns. You do not give up. The coaching staff gave up on this team. Our defense played their butts off. Y'all can tell me any different, but I have not seen our cornerbacks line up in man-to-man like that against wide receivers like that and lock them down for the majority of the game in a long time, apart from Jaquan McMillan a couple years ago. Our defense played amazing. They left it all out on the field tonight, and you are going to punt the ball down 14 in the fourth quarter. I don't care how bad our offense is. That is ridiculous on the coaching staff. You're making $2.4 million of the hard-earned money that us Pirate fans donate to the university. Donnie Kirkpatrick's making four hundred grand. Golly, it must be the nicest job in the world to just call running plays up the middle. Every This is pathetic, guys. Absolutely pathetic. I just... I'm frustrated. It, it blows my mind how there's no change happening. And, got, uh, Billy, I agree with you. You're absolutely right, man. Mike Houston thought he would be somewhere else by now apart from East Carolina University. Well, guess what, Mike? You're still at East Carolina University, and you are freaking sucking it up with your offensive coaching staff. Donnie Kirkpatrick should be in a nursing home. Our fans deserve better, guys. We had probably 10,000 students show up for a game, and we're 1-4, and four, and Houston's playing a top 25 matchup down in Houston, the Big 12, and they probably have 20,000 fans. This fan base deserves better than what we're seeing from this offense. Total recruiting failure on the offensive side of the ball. Total coaching failure on the offensive side. That goes to Donnie Kirkpatrick, and that goes to Mike Houston. Mike Houston should take a pay raise if he wants to come back next year, or a pay decrease, pay decrease next year, and give that money to Blake Harrell, who actually knows what he's doing. I mean, what what is what is Mike Houston done to connect with the fans? Shoot, Dan Mullen did more in the past three days with ESPN connecting with our fan base in the city of Greenville than Mike Houston has done in his little three-game publicity stunt at uh, Sup Dogs uh, concert and the town place on the Commons uh, Free Boot Friday. I mean, what is this bullcrap we're seeing, guys? I'm fed up. I'm tired. We fans pay our hard-earned money to come see this, and we the past decade almost only two winning seasons. And, I, I mean, it just feels like this offense has underperformed uh, pretty much the entire time Mike Houston has been here, apart from being carried by a couple of players. I mean, it's frustrating. It's ridiculous to see what has happened with this coaching staff. I'm fed up. Something's got to change. If we're not going to change the offense, you know, Gilbert's going to have to have some tough decisions with Mike Houston to get rid of the offensive staff and just completely rebuild. Or Mike Houston's going to have to take a page decrease. I don't know. It's a disaster, a train wreck. The ship has sunk. It's down at the Mariana Trench. A nuclear bomb has gone off on the offense. It's a joke. Uh, whole Nailers, forgive me for all the bad crap I talked about you. I'm sorry. I miss you. I hope you're having fun with the Seahawks. This is a disaster, guys. And as always, go Pirates. Yeah, all right. There is Cameron. Well, Cameron, we, can, we all agree. We all said the same thing. With six, what was it, six and a half minutes left to play, down 14, fourth and two, you got to go for it. We all, well, we said, were all in agreement. If you're agreement. waving the white flag, then we can let's, just let's start, start the, the post-game show because you're calling the game over by punting. Yep. And it was fourth and two. I know. It's not fourth and 16. I, know. I, I don't know. I know. That's tough. I mean. Well, I, and, and what does that say? You could see that as well as the defense was playing all game, and then after they punted, you saw what the defense did. The defense gave up because their coach gave up. Everybody gave up. That's why it was thirty-one to ten instead of twenty-four to ten. Yeah, yeah. Feel your frustration, man. Um, 
I mean, it's it's a lot going on there. He he, these guys are hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, you are going to be up next in Winterville. Hey, Brandon. Hey guys, what's going on? Um, I to me this just seems like a replay of the Marshall game. I mean, we're in the game; it's three point game there, four point game here, and the offense, as bad as it is, just implodes even more, and it just spirals out of control. I I just I don't think I we had a bye week, and we come out and still no identity on offense, and I know that. Mason had some terrible throws, uh, for sure. But we we had nine yards in Flynn's first three drives. Bring Mason in. He struggles. But we had a good drive that took up a good portion of the second part of the second quarter, scored a touchdown. And the dude had, I think, 193 of our 290 yards tonight. But he didn't see the field hardly in the second half. I, I just don't – I don't understand. I'm not saying he's the guy. I don't think either one of them really are right now. But if there was a time for him to play and let us see, like, hey, can he take us back and win the game, I thought tonight was the night. And I just don't understand why he didn't even get an opportunity hardly in the second half. I don't mind the fumble. Flynn was trying to make a play. Um, it sucks, but he was trying to make a play. But the interception was terrible, and I just thought for sure, okay – Mason's going to come back in now. Not that it would have mattered. I don't think – I don't know that we would have even scored any, any points after that. But it just – I don't – I haven't gone one time this year other than after we were down 14 to nothing tonight with Blake Carroll obviously making some adjustments. And we I, – I thought played lights out on defense after that until it spiraled. I don't remember one time this season going, uh, that was a great play call by coaches, whether it's Mike, Donnie, whoever. And I just don't – I don't understand the direction of what they're trying to accomplish in any ball game so far, especially on offense. The defense has been played well, but the offense doesn't help them, and it turns into like tonight. But I, I just – I don't know what they're – I mean, you had a bye week. What was your game plan? I, I don't feel like we had one. Um, and then with, you know, one of our most explosive players going out on the very first play of the game, obviously that hurts us, but why is he out there? You know, I just don't understand the decision-making this year. I'm not the guy that says Mike needs to go. He brought us back from literally the pits of college football hill. But at some point, I feel like he needs to see the writing on the wall. And fans, like someone said earlier, fans are, are fed up with Donnie. And I, I don't – I like Donnie as a person. I think, he's, I think he's probably a really good guy. I've only met him a couple times. He probably doesn't even remember me, so it doesn't matter. But – I, I just don't think he's a good offensive coordinator. And if Mike wants, uh, I guess, a future here, I think he's going to have to make a hard decision. And it shouldn't be a hard one now, in my opinion. But anyway, um, I'm going to go in the house and turn this thing off. I appreciate it. <laughs> Get on in the house now. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, good call. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. We'll continue to keep the calls going. We're going to be with you uh, late night tonight. Kyle is up next in LaGrange. Hey, Kyle. What's going on, fellas? I, uh, that Cameron got a couple calls back. Uh, good call. He tickled me, though. He sounds like Billy Weaver has uh, sucked helium. <laughs> but very similar voices, just a little bit more high-pitched, but a uh, good call. Um, I, uh, look, saying the same thing over and over, it's, this offense is dreadful. 
Um, the quarterback situation has been so mismanaged. I, I don't know how either one of those kids can have any confidence at all. Um, you know, I, I look back now. You know, Donnie's a hell of a receiver. Is a, is a hell of a receivers coach. Um, I don't know how good of an offensive coordinator he ever has been. Looking back at Holton, you know, I, I kind of wonder if Holton didn't do it in spite of of Donnie's play calling. Um, I it's pathetic, and I and, and the, the the sad part is you don't see an answer. You know, Mason did some good things tonight. Um, I think we've seen Flynn feeling. Uh, I hate to say it, um, I, you know he. He's had his moments too, where he looked like he could be something. But I, I kind of, I thought last week against Rice, uh, that was probably Flynn's feeling. Um, I would have liked to see Mason play the whole game. You know how? Where's Jeter? I know Jeter's a freshman, still learning the offense. But my God, can he do any worse than these two? I mean, could he really? Is it possible? I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know what you do. I, I can tell you this much: um, Donnie's going to lose his job this year. There's no question about that. He'll probably just retire at the end of the year. Donnie's, you know, not a frame chicken anymore. So, you know, you can't – nobody needs to be worried about that. Uh, the question is who you can bring in as OC. You, you got um, – I can't even think of his name right now, guys. The, the offensive analyst that was the head coach of Miami of Ohio. He's at Buffalo. Shane Montgomery. Thank you. Yeah, Shane Montgomery. Yeah, I don't know if he's the answer. And the problem is, I, I think he was probably bought in – with the idea that Donnie was probably going to retire this year and then Shane was going to be promoted to OC, I, I think we need to go in a totally different direction. We, we, what we're doing offensively, there's just no creativity to it. And you have got to recruit at such a high level to have really good offensive linemen and be able to establish a run game. you got to recruit at a very high level to do what they're trying to do on offense. And it, 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 it can be done, but it's a lot easier – you get guys at East Carolina to do something like run a, a, a true spread like a Lincoln Riley type offense. I'm not suggesting that that's what we have to run, but we can get those types of players, get guys in space, offensive linemen, take wider gaps, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What we're doing now just ain't going to work, and I, I don't think there's a fix. And here's the problem. People just, you know, I, I'm telling you, man, if, if we lose to Houston next week, or Houston, oh, oops, sorry, if we lose to Charlotte next week, we're Mike Houston. I, I, I just don't know how he can keep his job. I one and eleven. The fan base is going to be losing their mind. I, I'm scared of next weekend, guys. In year five, it is pathetic to say that we're sitting here scared of Charlotte coming into Greenville because we might lose to them, and it's going to get real ugly around here if we lose to Charlotte. So I, I pray we find a way to win that game, and you know maybe turn things around towards the end of the season with the defense and have some optimism for next season. And that's all I got. Sorry, I All right, Kyle. thank you, Kyle. Uh, I've been saying uh, Charlotte's our Super Bowl. This is the one we got to get because I uh, don't see many after it. No. I mean, uh, you know, these callers are, are saying some real things and there's some real issues that we got to address. And, um, you know, um, don't know how that's going to going to be. I mean, you know, it's it's been a situation where uh, we let it get to this point. I know this, what he said about Jeter, here in a little bit, you need to go ahead and find out what he is. You know, I think you do, because if not, he's probably going to end up in the portal. So, I, and I see, I've seen don't burn his red shirt. Do we care about that as much in 2023 with the no, portal? No. Are we planning on him being here five years from there, now? There you go. Uh-huh. The, the, the portal and 
the NIL makes caring whether or not you burn a kid's red shirt even less. Yep. Yep. You know, I agree. so at you some can't, point, can't do it. If he, because I, I, you know, is he worse than than uh, Mason or or um, Flynn? I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, but well, it's got to be too. And you, you guys know this better than we do. But the reps at practice, and I know it don't matter because the performance hadn't shown on the field. But you only get so much time with the quarterbacks. You, you need to decide who you're going to give those reps to at practice, right? I True. Mean, but, 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 okay. At this point, I'm, I'm sitting in that seat. Jeter becomes my number two guy, and I'm gonna tell you why. I got a, if we're gonna have a future, it's with Jeter, it's not Flynn, right? Because Flynn's gone. He's in grad school. He doesn't have to come back. If I want to have a quarterback, I'm going to go to Jeter and say, okay, I'm going to find out what this kid is and see if he's the next coming. Because if not, we better be on the road here soon finding Starting recruiting. Yep. Yes. And you, you know what? You always say you always recruit a quarterback every year. One, because one of them's going to leave. So you got to recruit a quarterback every year and have a quarterback on your roster that can develop and be ready to go. And uh, it goes back to what you're saying, Billy. If you keep doing the same stuff over and over and losing, the fan base is going to obviously be upset. If you try to change something and lose, you'll be less upset. Right. You'll get a little credit for trying something different, and well, I guess Jeter would be different at this point. Yep. Well, yep. What, what it is is, it, it, you know, just from the coaching standpoint, it's hard to make a change midseason. These guys have taken thousands of reps in what we're doing right now. What you can do is be a more creative in what we're calling. And that's where we're not. It's We talked about it off air. It's yeah. about trying to keep the defense off balance. Run when they think you're going to pass. Pass when you think they're going to run. And dress it up. But, you know, you can't do a wholesale change right now and, and bring in a new guy. Even if it is, you know, you think it was Shane Montgomery, he's still going to have to incorporate what we have here as an offense because you can't ask these kids to go out there and learn a whole new offense in a week. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So we're kind of stuck with what we got. Now, you know, and so that that's the decision they got to make or whatnot. So I'm like anybody else. Um, I, I just think the strategy for both quarterbacks was hasn't been done very well, hasn't been, um, you know, planned very well. I think uh, both guys have capabilities of, of being or showing some, um, you know, showing flashes of brilliance in some, some aspects of the game, right? Like, Flynn being accurate and poised and Mason using his legs uh, to make plays. The strategy for both of those guys to play needs should have been better from day one because they were unsure who was going to be the guy anyway. So the plan for those guys to play, just like they had planned, saying, hey, we have a two-quarterback system. Well, hey, stick with that. Yeah, Stick with that and have a plan. Every game you go into, have a plan for both of those guys to play. And I don't think we stepped into any game with that. No. All right, back to the Halloween Express live line. We go. Pete is up in Grimesland. Hey, Pete. Um, just a couple comments and then a couple questions for um, Marcus and, and Jason. Um, first of all, the defense, I don't know. I, I just want to give a shout-out. 26 and 28, I think it was Brown Murray and Revel Jr. Those guys had about eight bombs thrown against us, and I think there was one completed, and they were like, you know, no pass interference. There might have been one, and it was kind of iffy, but they did a spectacular job on those receivers. Um, fourth down, I think the other guy talked about it, fourth and two, and I think that's when the stadium really cleared out and we just 
wave the white flag. Kind of reminds me of, you know, you guys remember that clip from Steve Logan at East Carolina, we go for it every time. I, I think Mike Houston is at East Carolina. We're just going to punt it every time. Um, so that was pretty disheartening how far we've, we've dropped with, with that philosophy. But the questions I got are like, so for Marcus being a quarterback, if you've got an offensive line that obviously is struggling, I mean, sometimes there was three guys pushed up the middle and there's just no time. You know, you're looking at the receivers, they're barely out of their routes and he's under pressure and about to be sacked. Um, what can you do differently? Number one, I mean, I remember the Jeff Blake days were almost like we took like 10 yard dropbacks on the snap. Blake was, was throwing it from so far behind the line and, you know, by design, by Logan, you know, do you do things like that to give the quarterback more time? How do we change our routes up? You know, what can we do differently for Flynn? I know you touched on Garcia a lot earlier. I didn't hear all the calls as I was coming home. And the other things is SMU was throwing, they must have thrown eight or ten, you know, long bombs. I, I don't know if we've thrown two on maybe two the whole year. The one time we did it today, what happened? We got a pass interference. We had a jump ball. There's a lot of good that can come out of that, right? I mean, Jason, you were a receiver. You 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 soften up the defense a little bit. You give them something to think about. You get a, a defensive pass interference. Sometimes you get a great play by the receiver. But we don't – I mean, we never – one-on-one, man-to-man on the outside. Shouldn't we be just throwing the ball up 40 yards down the field and, and seeing what can happen every now and then? Um, what do you guys think on those questions? Man, a, a lot to unravel there, Pete. Um, just to kind of talk about the offense and, and what the quarterback can do uh, in regards to when there's pressure in his face and all those things. There's a lot of strategies. Um, uh, and I've said this from the beginning for those guys. Um, you, you really have to learn the offense and understand where to go with the ball, learn all the ramifications of the offense, uh, what's going to cause you problems, what's not. Uh, and, and and really, in those situations, just understanding, hey, this is my outlet, right? This is my outlet. I'm going to get rid of the ball, right, and make make it an incomplete pass or whatever it may be. Or, um, and, and Garcia did it someday, uh, sometimes today. He got out of the pocket uh, versus pressure. Uh, but what I would like to see from him what we saw from Flynn early on in the season was when he got out of the pocket, he made some great plays throwing the ball uh, at Libin. Uh, but now mix it up for the defense, right? Mix it up for those guys. Let them make them wonder: Is he going to run it or is he going to pass it? Right. And so I think he needs to take off some of those times when he gets out of the pocket and just make a quick decision, just get up the field and go. Um, you know what? The drops as well, that, that's a great idea. Um, I've done that. I've coached that uh, for quarterbacks as well, just giving ground. I've done it myself, um, or I did it myself, I should say. Uh, yes, that, that's a great way to kind of alleviate the, um, the pressure getting in your face a little bit. I think the other thing you got to do is you got to change the launch angle. That means I can't be a sitting duck in the pocket every time the defense knows how to come and get me. So sometimes we got to have a semi-roll, you know, slide back protection. Mm-hmm. Where I'm sliding back, I'm moving the quarterback, and I give him a chance to get out of the pocket and set his feet and then push the ball downfield. 
that's what we don't do. We try to push the ball down the field from the pocket, and that call, uh, the call is right. He has pressure in his face, so most of the times they take it, they take it down and, and run with it. But we got to change the launch angle. It doesn't have to necessarily always be a boot. It's a semi boot. It's I mean, it's a turn back pro. Uh, you know where the line turns back on everybody. The quarterback gets outside the pocket and looks to to to, to push the ball down the field. We we just don't do that, and I don't I don't understand like how is that tough to understand like Mason made plays the day outside the pocket let me ask you this who's the quarterback's coach well Donnie well that's what I'm saying he's a receivers coach that's what I'm why don't we have a quarterback's coach why don't we have somebody that specializes in quarterbacks we don't Logan was amazing quarterbacks coach Lincoln Riley understood quarterbacks I mean we've had guys that can teach quarterbacks now to me that's true teaching quarterbacks reads where to go when to know to be hot and, and all this type of stuff but changing the pocket has nothing to do with the court that's yeah. just a that's a scheme that's a thought you know what i'm saying right now here's my question to that like sometimes as a as a coordinator guys don't understand those kind of things as far as the blocking and all of that you know, a turn back blocking turn black turn back blocking whether they can do it wait, 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 physically wait. or not. I tell you you got A gap you got B gap right. you got C gap worry about that gap quarterback's gonna get on the edge and, and let me tell you there's one there's a, there's a problem to, to turn back protection it could be the fire Sam Fire mm-hmm. the guy that blitzes from the field they call that a fire yep. blitz in most schemes to where you say okay if I'm gonna get a Sam Fire I gotta change the play I gotta get out of it you could do that or you could build in a hot that says, okay, if I get Sam Fire, I'm going here with the ball. Right. Usually have a running back out of the backfield that's got a hot. There you go. Or, 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 or somebody. Slot. Or, or a slot. S- or a slot, some yeah. type of route to mm-hmm. where if I get in trouble, I got somewhere to go with the ball. That's right. the quarterback coaching yep. part of it that, that I say. But the turn back pro, it is what it is. I'm just, I just want to change the po- I saw a kid when I was back in the MAC conference. He played for Ball State, and all they did was move that part. And this kid had a gun. He had a cannon. And he threw it to a tight end. They both went into the league. One, one went to San Fran. I forget what other one. I can't think of his name right now. And that's all they did. They did turn back pro. They moved that guy to the pocket and got him time to set his feet, and he would throw a 70-yard laser. And I'm not lying. Down the field. And we've heard Mason's got a big arm. We haven't seen. <laughs> we it. still have not seen it. No, it is <laughs> like Bigfoot. Yeah, it is the Loch Ness once. monster. <laughs> it has been talked about and never seen. It's a myth. Somebody has very grainy footage, and you can't even tell if it's Mason or not. Mm. But we have not seen it with our own two eyes. Three one seven twelve fifty. Let's take a timeout. Is that Ara? 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 Yes, Ara. 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 We'll talk to Ara, Jack, and Zeb when we return and your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We'll enjoy some wings over Greenville during the break and be back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, Halloween Express live line. Billy Weaver going to hang out for one more segment. Marcus Crandall here. 
Jason Nichols here. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. Chandler Honeycutt on the video production. And we will get right back to your calls. I see Owen in Tampa for the first time this season. A little nervous about that one. Ara, <laughs> hang on. Jack, hang on. We'll go to Zeb in Greenville. Hello, Zeb. How you doing? Good. Okay, so I'm a current student, and I have, like, multiple family members, parents, brothers, sisters that are all alumni, and they're telling me this is the most embarrassing time to ever go to East Carolina. Nah. Uh, nah. In my personal opinion, um, I'll say Mike Houston, he's a really good coach, but he's way better suited for FCS. And does not belong in Division One. All right. Anything else, Zip? Is uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick should have been gone a long time ago, and I feel like somebody's keeping him there, and he should have been in a nursing home ten years ago. Okay. Next. Um. Learning from my family and hearing all the stories about East Carolina in the past. Right now, it feels like we're in the John Thompson era, in the John Thompson era, and I wish we were in the Steve Logan era. And in the wise words of Forrest Gump, um, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> all right, thanks, Zeb. <laughs> Yeah, the most depressing eras uh, are tough because, again, we're coming off two straight bowl seasons. And, you know, the, the Scotty Montgomery days, we weren't close to those. The John Thompson days, we weren't close to those. Uh, this year in particular, I it's going to be tough to get to those three win marks that Scotty Montgomery had. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Thompson had a one-win yep. year and a two-win year. One we yep. beat uh, Army, yep. I believe. Yeah, I was at that game. Tulane, maybe. Yeah, mm. and, beat uh, Army, and that was that was it that yeah. year. Mm. So uh, I don't know. We'll debate worst errors but I mean, ever. I, look, life look is at, like a box of chocolates. But look at look at tonight. Look at tonight's game. I mean, when you when you're talking about coaching and you're talking about the the whole scope of things, tonight everybody agreed the defense played well. Special teams, nobody's really touched. You know. Jason talked about that a little bit. Special teams played great. The the kick coverage on kickoffs and on punt coverage was amazing. Tonight. Andrew Conrad boomed a 49-yarder. Right. That was big to mm. get us on the board. So yeah. you look at special teams. Special teams was solid as a rock tonight. Defense was solid as a rock until at the end, which, you know, you give them a pass on that. First of all, there's a pick six. Not their fault. Six and a half minutes to go. Your your coach, whoever, has made the decision to punt the ball and not go for it. So the defense is like, well, I guess we're waving the white flag. They give up another cheap touchdown at the end. Defense did what they were supposed to do. Special teams didn't. Offense just didn't show up. Yeah, I mean, offensively, we just don't. There's no excitement. I mean, it's none. And, and the thing is, is there's there's somebody at the top there's there's the guy making all the decisions and as much as i love donnie i really do i like him as a person but he's the boss he's the boss of the part of the team that's not getting it done the bosses of the other parts of the team are getting it done 
317-1250 Halloween Express live line. Jack is on Highway 64. Hey, Jack. Hey, Clip. Um, I'm glad uh, we took our shot, as um, Donnie said in his post-game press conference. Um, three years ago, we played SMU, and it would look like a different coach was out there. We, um, I, think we, I think they took the lead 7-0, and we came out with a fake punt. Totally flipped the momentum. We went up 45-7. to Today, we get out there mess around 14 three you know we're, we're we're looking good fast forward we don't go for it and this is now the second time we've been in a position where we're down a couple scores and houston just waves the white flag and conspiracy theory you got you got to wonder if he's got money on the game because there's no reason it was in the Houston game last year. There's no reason in the in the game this year to punt the ball. I mean, I guess our defense outscores our offense in some games. So maybe maybe you got that point. So that, that I don't get that at all. Well, we we were scratching our heads. Billy had a potential reason. <laughs> our best chance of scoring was was on defense. Yeah, maybe a pick six <laughs> or a fumble. I mean, That's the only thing I could come up with. Yeah. Maybe they muffed the punt again. Yeah. Um, but I got a problem with Houston and his management of the game. So we got Flynn fumbled the ball. You can see it brought his day. Flynn won. He needs to get everybody to the line. You need to start running them. You need to get your freaking receivers set. And there's just no urgency to hike the ball. You got to hike the ball. You got you to get everybody there. There's not – and not only we, there's a fumble on the play – there's three SMU guys running off the field, and we're just moseying over over there. What's the play call? It doesn't matter. Throw the ball. And then in the first half, there's multiple plays where it's like, hey, should we review this? Mike, just sit in there, not doing anything. Oh, let me just sit. Let me look at the scoreboard. Oh, the ball's hiked. Oh, we missed that one. Oh, we'll get them next time. No. Call a timeout. You didn't even use them, I don't even think, in the first half. Use them for something. Call timeout. We'll get the puck. It's just, I mean, his a bit, his clock management. I mean, it's not, it's not the worst, but I mean, it, it is up there with just, it's it, it's subpar for sure. Um, and so it's just a habit. He's not aggressive anymore. He's kind of lost his edge from. I mean, we come out of that SMU game three years ago, and I thought we were going to be world beaters because you know there, there's something you believe in. We're out here like not going for it on fourth down with six minutes to go. And here's the other thing that Jason can probably pick up on. Our receivers show no effort. I, some of the guys out there, they uh, – I mean, one, one of the guys doesn't even know a, a juke move. He doesn't know spin. He doesn't know X. He doesn't know B. He doesn't know stick left, stick right. And um, on the interception – we're sitting there. I'm like, all right, this would be a good time for a run play right here. And then uh, uh, five steps back and then runs a lazy route. And I, I was, he stepped back, and I was like, oh, it's a run. And my buddy's sitting there. He's like, yeah, you would have seen it's a run by the way he steps back. Fast forward two seconds later, it's a pick six. And it's just, it's just little things. When we are down by seven points, you got to take every play like, like it's your last play. And, I mean, it's just – it's just lackadaisical that 
we're out here on offense and we got stuff happening like this. That's my rant for the day. And it was a pretty good rant. Thank you, Jack. I, on that fumble, I'll say this. I I thought initially that he was down and I was watching the Braves on the computer. So I turned my head. I'm watching the Braves. I'm hearing Marcus and Jason saying, snap the ball, snap the ball, snap the ball. You got to snap the ball. <laughs> and then they go to review. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? He was down. down. Clearly, he wasn't down. I see on the replay. And then I, you kind of see I, I had looked up and what would you say, Marcus? Uh, to add insult to injury, we had a guy, I guess, lined up in the wrong spot. So he had to run across the field. And it was to run from one spot all the way to the outside, I believe he got to. What would you call it, Jason? Uh, alarm or fire or something? Yeah, have you a, just got to have a turn. Like, Geronimo means everybody get up. We're going to snap the ball. And it's a play. It's a You have a play on your script to where if there's a questionable call, you line up, you run the play. You don't have to even be in a, a real formation because right. all you're going to do is just snap it and take a quarterback sneak. Yeah, we used, to, we used to have fire call, and if you were a wide receiver that usually lined up on the outside hash on the left side, and that last play, you ended up on the right side, you lined up in that, just get in a slot on that side or something, get onto the line. No doubt. It didn't matter where you were. Because you just need not, to run the play. It's not a penalty to have everybody on the line. Right. It's only a penalty if you cover up a legal receiver and right. it goes downfield. So just get on the line and, run, and snap the ball and run quarterback yeah, that, sneak. That turned That's out, all you got to do. Yeah, that turned out to be to be huge, <laughs> yeah. huge turnover in the game. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the call. All right, Ara, you are up next in Greenville on the Halloween Express Live Line. Hello, Ara. Hi, it's Ava Griffin. Ava, hello. Um, from Greenville, I just want to say our defensive has played the most best that they could. I think it did amazing tonight. The best possibilities they could play. There's some things they can work on. Of course, like always, like everybody else said before, but I think our defenses had done the best they could. Um, Offensive-wise, I think there's a lot of things to think between Finn and Garcia. Garcia is good with running the ball. Finn is good with passing the ball. That's something that they have to think about what they want to do. All right. Anything else? No. Thank you. Have a good night. 317-1250. Halloween Express Live Line. For the first time this year, uh, we hear from Owen in Tampa. Hello, Owen. This should be good. Yes, police. I'd like to report a robbery. The suspect's name is Michael Houston, and he is stealing money from our university. All right. Now, you got a lot of young kids calling in here talking about the chip on the shoulder. Well, y'all haven't seen that since they were in elementary school, all right? We had it back when the two guys sitting to Clips left played because I was in school then, all right? And guys like Crandall and Nichols, they didn't tolerate the kind of stuff that's going on out there right now. And I know that for a fact because they played for a man who didn't tolerate that kind of stuff. And if you don't believe me, you can ask them because their asses are sitting right there. Now, oh, by the way, Clip, you need to smile more, man. You look terrible on the YouTube channel. That all being said, what in the blue hell is going on up there? All right, I'm just thankful they're not coming to Tampa this year so I don't have to go to USF and watch this portion of a program. This is ridiculous. Does somebody have any money in that county? Anyway, who, who are these, like, 
people with too much money in Greenville. Pay the money and get rid of Mike Houston's sorry ass. He stands there on the sideline with his arms crossed, and he just, like, he does nothing. Donnie does nothing, and obviously Mike's okay with it because he's the boss. So I don't understand what's happening there. And now we, we literally have to worry about a dude named Biff coming to town and beating our ass. That's where we're at. We're worried about a guy named Biff. Have you seen this dude? He looks like trailer trash. And now he's going to come in here and hand us our ass? Anyway, I am so – I mean, I've been done with Mike Houston since year two. I told you that a long time ago, Clip. But, I mean, at least you got Marcus and Jason there. It's good to see those guys. Man, they were great players. And I don't know what great players look like anymore or great coaches look like anymore because I haven't seen them in five damn years. Anyway, Clip, we'll talk at basketball season, brother. Oh, and it's awesome to hear your voice. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. you, Owen. There he is, Owen in Tampa, always fiery. And, uh, man, I miss hearing from him, even though a lot of times he talks junk about me. Uh, it's still funny. I like it. <laughs> All right, 317-1250. Uh, Joel, Robbie, Billy will get to you, and Billy will say bye to you. I appreciate the time, guys. It was fun. Good to see you, Billy. And I won't be here next week. I have a wedding to go to. Um, I tried to get out of it. You're going to miss the Biff Bowl? I'm going to miss it. We the got Biff a guy Bowl. named Biff coming to town. I, know. I don't I'm, know if you I'm heard. I'm going to miss it. I don't know who gets married during football season. I'm telling you. And I look, my wife's out there. She's giving me the look. You better, yeah. Who's getting married? Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't you reschedule it? Who's getting married? That, that's what I said. <laughs> reschedule that's the wedding? Right. No, you reschedule it. No, no. No, I'm just messing. I'm, miss, I'm missing two games. I'm going to miss my... <clears throat> Farmville yeah. Central High School game on Friday night and yeah. ECU on Saturday. So, well, they better appreciate that I'm coming uh, to this wedding. There you go. Better be 25. <laughs> <laughs> better be an open bar. At the, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. We will see you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week on PRL. 317-1250. Back with more on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show after this. Listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Post Game Call In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Right. Happy, Happy, birthday. Happy birthday to the birthday girl, Shirley Rhodes. Happy birthday, Shirley. Yeah. Turning. I was like, look, Happy y'all going to have all the negativity you want the next couple of hours. I'm going to take this <laughs> minute and 45 seconds to celebrate my daggone birthday since I have to be Happy here birthday. after midnight. It's your party, and we'll cry if we want to. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Shirley turning 28 today. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Something like that. Give or take. 21. Yeah. A couple hundred times. There you go. Uh, it is Halloween season. Halloween Express uh, serves up our live line. It is Greenville's premier Halloween superstore right next to Target. Go see them and get your decor, masks, and everything in between for adults and kids. Thanks to Halloween Express and thanks to Brandon Tate and uh, U.S. Sailor, the fifth quarter call-in show here uh, with a lot of eyeballs on us after midnight. So we appreciate you uh, watching on YouTube and listening on your radios. All right, 317-1250. Jay, Joel, Robbie, hang on. Let's go to Billy in Goldsboro. Hey, Billy. Hey, 
Hey, Cliff, how you guys doing? Yeah, we're fair. Hanging in there, Billy. Me too. Y- y'all get some food catered in there tonight? Man, wings over Greenville hit the spot. Yes. And uh, we enjoyed that while we were watching the game, and uh, we got leftovers, so we're, we're good. Gotcha. I didn't know if y'all had an abundance of sup sauce in there. <laughs> no, not tonight. No, no, we're good. Well, look, uh, obviously there's a million things wrong with this coaching staff and this program, but you got some former players up there, and I figured they might could give me an answer. And it's kind of a yes or no question. Is this coaching staff capable of developing a quarterback? I mean, I, like me personally, I think the Garcia kid has got plenty of tools in the bag. I just don't think that – I just don't think he's getting – I mean, you're, you're playing a fifth-year walk-on versus a kid you can't develop. Like, where is the problem there? Yeah, I mean, all we can go by is what we've seen, and Holt Naylor's was inherited from the, the previous coach. And uh, the two quarterbacks on this roster, uh, ha, ha, they're not playing up to par. That is clear to see. So the short answer for me would be no, but you guys right. can – Well, I'd put in a third answer for me is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea because I don't know them personally. But I mean, it's not like Nick Saban money. It's a lot of money to be given someone who cannot develop a quarterback. No, you're right. I mean, that's that's a big, a big, um, a big job to do. I mean, because it's a lot of quarterback. It's a lot that is put on a quarterback's shoulders that he got to understand. And so, uh, you got to be a quarterback whisperer, and you got to be able to get those guys to see the big picture, make quick right. decisions, and and uh, and typically, um, you know, you, you want those kids to be pretty pretty sharp on what's going on from the standpoint of the offense. Well, how much? How many years and how much money is left on this guy's contract? On Houston's contract? Yeah, I'll have to Google that up. I mean, at this point, I hell, I could probably make about five or six phone calls just in Eastern North Carolina, and we can knock this out. Uh, yeah, five-year contract in 2021. The contract would end after the 2026 season, uh, paying him about 2.3 million per year per football scoop. Okay, so. I guess he still owed what, like, uh, about eight million bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's eight eight million more dollars to a man that can't develop a quarterback. Like, it's just getting frustrating, man. And I'm gonna let y'all go. I just wish that somebody could come up with some money and get him out of here and 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 you know start over, start from, just start from scratch. All right, Billy. Thanks for hanging out late with us, man. <laughs> Would you think you and Ruffin McNeil would be held uh, Harris, Harris Teeter with a blank check and two buggies? <laughs> i don't even know how to respond to that so i'll just say have a good night thank you billy there's billy in goldsboro i'm gonna have to go back to the replay and hear what the yeah. hell he just said says i'm about ruffin mcneil and a harris tutor with buggies. a blank check and two buggies <laughs> all right let's go to robbie in richmond hey robbie hey cliff how you doing man i've uh, been better i hear you hey also, apologize for your bravos, buddy. Uh, how you can ask me how I'm doing, then bring up the Braves? I mean, I, I mean, you know what? Hey, just thinking about you tonight, man. Just thank about you, you, thank you, appreciate it. Um, no, big thing here that I've seen. I mean, you know, married into the ECU family, so wasn't wasn't with ECU uh, early on and married into it, and uh, kind of been been bought into it. But the big thing that I saw tonight is, I mean, a big shout out to Blake Harrell on the defense. Um, you know, they, for almost every game, Mindset Michigan won, you know, they've been in for three, three and a half quarters, 
and it's that last half quarter because they're on the field nonstop because the offense can't sustain the drive. And I think a lot of it has to do with that offensive line. The offensive line can't block. We don't have a we don't have a quarterback that can do anything either. I mean, when you can't run the football, you can't throw the football. We have receivers who can't, you know, they can't complete a pass. They can't do anything on, you know, on the offensive side, side of things. And I also don't know what the hell Donnie Kirkpatrick is doing uh, to make things any better for these guys. I mean, at what point do you go away from a two-quarterback system and either live or die with one guy? I mean, you know, you're one in five. Is, is a two-quarterback system going to last you the entire year? Or do you sit here and say, hey, look, maybe we need to just go with one guy, buy in on it, and go. Is that is that Mason Garcia? I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know that Flynn, Flynn throws the ball well, but, I mean, you know, Mason has all the talent in the world, but he's also been in the system for, what, three years now and hasn't developed at all. And is on is that on the coaching staff? For sure. But, you know, on on – you know, the grand scheme of things, we have a guy who we can't even develop into a quarterback to, to be, you know, we're talking about a, a power five school and we're looking here, you know, like, you know, there, there's nothing there for us on, on the offensive side of the football to make us even seem like we are capable of doing that. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's just tough to watch on a, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. And it's pretty much all I got, but you know, it's just, it's like I said, it's, it, it's tough to watch and, um, you know, I appreciate you guys and all that you guys do and hanging out late night and, uh, you know, listening to everybody bitch and complain about it. All right, Robbie. Thanks, man. And, uh, yeah, you hit on some good points. I saw somebody in the YouTube chat say this is our best defense since the, the Skip Holtz era. And I'm wondering if that's true and if you you put a compatible offense with them, what the record would be this year. I don't know. but Well, I, I promise you we wouldn't be one in five. Yeah, no doubt. You know? <clears throat> All right, uh, we go next to Joel and Wilson. Hello, Joel. Hey, how's it going, guys? Just want to say I appreciate what you guys do. And uh, I'm going to be positive here. It's not as bad as the Montgomery era. Um but I'll say our O-line doesn't give enough time to let us find out how good Mason's arm is. Like someone said earlier about getting creative, I saw a play where running back took the snap and Mason went into motion. I think we gained four or five yards on that play. Um, I'd love to see some more run-pass option. Maybe that's our go-to with the ball, last resort, safety net. And um, we did achieve a sort of a running game as the game went on. But uh, I'd like to understand how ECU would take the approach Deion Sanders has and embrace the new portal and NIL aspect. Well, was that the end of your – I thought you were still going to go on. That might have been it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's all, folks. Well, embrace the portal, and then did you say from an NIL? I mean, we're challenged from an NIL perspective, which so that's yeah. a different ball game almost. But, yeah. but I, I was, I thought, and I thought the plan was to to bring a guy out of the portal from a, a quarterback standpoint this year, just to to give another guy a, a chance or a go. But I guess they were pleased with what they had here, or either. Um, struck out on the quarterback they were going for in the portal. Yeah, I mean, you know, the portal is a is a um, 
it's a risk now. I mean, unless you truly have people that are scouting other teams to say, hey, we need to go get this kid because that's what everybody else is doing. They're not just going into the portal all of a sudden and pulling names out. They're scouting these kids, and then they're talking to them about, hey, we, we like you. Uh, we got X amount of dollars for you to come to XYZ University. So uh, it's not like they're just going out there all of a sudden plucking guys out. Those guys pretty much, by the time they hit the portal, they already got something in place. Yeah. Uh, Joel, anything else, man? No, just, just again, just want to say appreciate what you guys do. Thank you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us late night. We appreciate you, the callers, the viewers, the listeners, and uh, thank you all for being a part of the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Let's go next to Jay in Greenville. Hey, Jay. How you doing? All right. I want to bring up Donnie Kirkpatrick. Do it, then. We need to fire him. The plays we're calling are terrible. I'm a student, and we're paying so much money for Donnie Kirkpatrick to call these terrible plays. <laughs> All right. Anything else? And we're paying Mike Houston almost $2 million a year, and we can't win but one football game. One football game. Yeah, one football game. Isn't that terrible? Cliff, isn't that terrible? That's not great. Tell them, Cliff, it is terrible. It is less than stellar. $2 million a year. Duke's paying less than that, and they are ranked. Wow. I hear you. What is the solution, Cliff? Why, yeah, I have no idea, man. Fire Mike Houston. <laughs> That'll cost us. That's <laughs> about $8 million, uh, they're saying, right? Yeah. So you can fire him, Jay, but we got to find eight million dollars to 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 move on. If that was the case, and that's you know, I'll start the GoFundMe, fire him. All right, we'll start the GoFundMe and see what you can get come up with. It isn't Mike Houston. That's all I got to say. All right, it's from the Boneyard. Fire Mike Houston. All right, thank you, Jay. Y'all have a good night. You too, right, buddy. You too, Jay. There's Jay. I, I do like that. Uh, he stuck to his point. He didn't stray. <laughs> <laughs> he had something to say. I, I don't know if he remember any points, man. He sounded like he was definitely in the in the uh, boneyard, and he had him one or two uh, drinks out there, too. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Kendall, Gabby, Charles, you are up next when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. We will be back with you after these messages from our local sponsors. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. 
All right, let's take a look at uh, what we've got college football-wise coming up tomorrow night. Tulane will take on Memphis at 7 o'clock. Fresno State will be on the road at Utah State at 8 o'clock. Stanford will face Colorado at 10 o'clock tomorrow uh, night. And then taking a look at your weekend top 25 uh, number one, Georgia will face off against Vanderbilt on Saturday at noon. Number two, Michigan will host Indiana at noon. Number three, Ohio State will take on Purdue also uh, at noon. It'll be number 11, Alabama and Arkansas. 16th ranked Utah will host California for a 3 o'clock kickoff. Number six, Penn State will host UMass at 3.30. Number eight, Oregon will take on number seven, Washington at 3.30. And Tennessee will host Texas A&M at 3.30 on CBS. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day uh, covered. Every Sunday you can kick off the day at The Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. Don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway. It's starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Cliff. All righty. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Happy birthday to the birthday girl. Chandler Honeycutt running the video. We got Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall here in studio. And a lot of y'all still up late with us tonight. And we will continue to roll through your calls. Brian, Kendall, Gabby, hang on. Let's go to Charles in Richmond. Hey, Charles. Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call, taking around late to, you know, let us all cry and complain about the state of ECU football at the moment. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you. But, like, I think at this point in time, it's pretty obvious that, what was it, two years of the fan-controlled football league would probably do a better job of offensive play calling than Donnie Kirkpatrick has done this season, right? Like, I can tell you definitively, we would never agree to run it up the gut two times repeatedly, right? Every single defensive coordinator that opposes us knows what we're going to do, right? They know we're going to give that. So if we get a first down next two plays, we're going to try to run it up the gut. Not going to get anything, right? Let's just change it up. It was said earlier, and I cannot. I was telling, I was telling my friends, my wife, everybody else around. And I was like, I don't care what you do. Just air it out. Change something. Just change something. If you lose doing that, you've at least shown us that you cared a little bit, right? Um, and I cannot agree more. We threw the white towel in uh, at six and a half minutes, fourth and two. Like, I don't blame the defense for giving up at that point in time. The coaches have given up. Like, what do you expect out of that? Um, they played their butts off. I, am, I don't want to put this in the universe, but like whatever we can possibly do to make sure that Blake Harrell doesn't go anywhere, we need to do that. And that should be our number one priority, right? Everybody else in the coaching staff, question mark. Blake Harrell, keep him. I don't know who our special teams coordinator is off the top of my head, but they played well tonight, right? Donnie's crap. Mike Houston's crap because he can't make a damn decision and it's just standing there not doing anything. It is time to, you know, get off the pot, man, make a decision. That's why you get paid those, that, those big bucks that are coming from everybody from this extremely passionate fan base's hard earned dollars, right? Like 
I'd want to get Dan Mullen. Like, if Dan Mullen wants to come back, throw him money because he seemed to be impressed by, uh, you know, the, the infrastructure that we have to win, quote unquote, tonight on, on the, you know, the broadcast. It's like some people want to be here, other people just swing through. I think it's pretty obvious at this point in time that Mike Houston thought he was going to swing through, and he hasn't yet. And I don't think he's going to get a better job. And it's just like, throw the towel in yourself, man, because you're going to do, you've done it to us already. Do it to yourself. Do everybody a favor and get the hell out of Greenville because we deserve better. We want better. We always show up, but we expect you to do the same for us. Go Pirates. All right, Charles. Thank you for the call, man. I, not to be a Debbie Downer here, but but Dan Mullen, is he the Thursday night ESPN guy? I mean, I'm assuming he does all the games. He's the main guy right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he goes to every town and talks about how great it is. And I thought the announcers tonight talked up Garcia and Flynn as much as they could and, and raved about everything. So uh, Dan Mullen has, has spoken about all these places he's gone to the same, I'm sure. But I don't know. I just don't want anybody to get their hopes really high that Dan Mullen, because he was in Greenville, is going to all of a sudden become our head coach. I, You're a realist. Thank you, boy. Okay. Well, well, I well, say I'm negative. But, but, thank but, you. I'm but, a realist. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. What 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 we saw. Steve Logan could appreciate Greenville. Why? He had been at Mississippi State. He had been at Colorado. He had been at all these other places where he's traveled to where when he got here, he saw the beauty in what East Carolina was. Dan Mullen's done the same thing. He's been at a lot of places. What are you doing, Jason? Are I, you, I, no, uh, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just being real. Why, right. why do guys stay here? Either one, you got a personal tie to the university, right? Let's look at baseball. Why hasn't Cliff left? Yeah. He's a pirate. He's, 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 he the, has it in his heart. In he has heart. it in the, in his blood. Yeah. So it has to be something like that to where a guy can say, I don't have to go chase the next job or go to the next thing. I can be content being right here for the next 15 years of my life. And I've talked about all the people that have come through here and then ended up retiring here because they liked it so much with uh, with Coach Connors, with Rick Smith, uh, with hell, the uh, old women's soccer coach. Uh, went to Notre Dame, retired from there, came back to live here. Like People love it here once they get here. So, no, I, your point is correct. I just feel like Dan Mullen probably likes a lot of places. Yeah, he may. <laughs> and, and, and Dan Mullen will get another opportunity somewhere else anyway. Absolutely. I mean, he, he will. There's people saying he should yeah. still be at Florida or whatever. Still well, should have a job. But, yeah. Uh, that's the way the coaching world works. It is. All right. Uh, back to the Halloween Express live line. Gabby is up in Goldsboro. Hello, Gabby. Yeah, turn on. Hey. Hey. I just want to say as a person who's you know like any other pirates and listens to pirate radio after every game it's almost like pirate therapy at this point it's not even any hope it's just a bunch of people calling in with devastating hearts and we are not licensed but we (laughs) will do our best to talk everybody through it what do you need gabby (laughs) (laughs) so what i'm you know everyone's talking about and and the coach but what i want to talk about is the environment that you know, as a pirate growing up, like, it's always been, you know, proud purple and gold, you know, that aggressive fight for, you know, that win. And we've been going to these games, and, you know, you step in that stadium, and it's an automatic lose. You know, you can just tell in the fans' heart and the tailgate 
I mean, we were the game wasn't even over in halftime, and you look gone. I mean, the next almost every game, literally get fired because he stayed for a football game and to go didn't go to work, and he left during the third quarter. And I mean, that's just I mean, we're we're losing simply just because of. I mean, the fans, we're not, I mean, we're all so down. And it, I mean, the players are feeling it. I heard P, the pirate, he was doing the purple and gold. I literally heard him say, crowd's tough. You know that's bad. <laughs> we got Petey's not supposed to talk. Tough. <laughs> you hear yeah. the mascot talking, that is bad. It's bad. Yeah. You can just see it on the field. Like, you know, we always get our hopes up every game we go in, and immediately the other team gets a touchdown, and it's just like this. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's packing up. You know, well, everyone's hanging their heads. That's that, that's on the fans. I mean, you, you got to stick through it or don't. That's their call. Your call as a fan. You would hope you stick through it. We were we were well into that game in the fourth quarter. I mean, we still had a chance to hopefully find a way to go get another touchdown to tie it up before we threw, you know, the pick six that they took to the house. Yeah, we're only down by four points. Yeah, and then held it to a field goal, down <laughs> seven. Down, yeah, we're down you were down four with the ball. Yeah. You're down seven with the yeah. ball. You had chances. Anyway, anything else, Gabby? It, it, it's exhausting. You, you hold out the whole game. You're like, oh, this is this is their moment, you know. Yeah. It's only one one game so far. You're like, this is going to be it. This is what we're going to win on. And it's like, no, it's just the same. <laughs> just like any other game. That was eerily similar to Marshall, I, I will say, where you had opportunities offensively to do something and you just couldn't do it. And, and then the, the board finally broke. The dam finally broke there. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate y'all. All right, Gabby. All right, Thanks, Gabby. Gabby. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. We go next to Kendall and Aiden. Hey, Kendall. What's up, buddy? KP, what's uh, up? Good, man. Listen, um, I've thought about this thing a lot. And uh, first time I've called this year. But, uh, guys, we got to – if I had to assess where we are, it's an ego problem. And what I mean by that is – if you look at our run game, tonight we had two plays, uh, particularly, where we run the ball outside the tackles. Um, one of them was an option play. Uh, Roger Harris picked up about eight yards, seven, maybe seven yards. And the other Marlon Gunn picked up, there was a holding call uh, called, and he got outside the, uh, and I think he was going to pick up eight or nine yards. My point is this. Back when um, Marcus played here, Coach Logan was very good about running the option. I'm not saying we need to run the option, but what I am saying is the reason he ran the option was he could get the running back on the edge. When we had the um, debacle with uh, after him, and then when Skip came, we had Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson was one yard in a cloud of dust. Until he got him on the edge and got him in space, he he wasn't he, he didn't do a whole lot. Um, when Ruffin came, he had an unconventional offense anyways. It was spread you out, put you all over the field. Last year, Keaton Mitchell runs Keaton Mitchell ran between the, most of his runs were not between the tackles. He would bounce it out on his own and get outside and get in space on his own, and he'd take off and go down the sideline. You're not going to – if 
if you want to continue to put a square peg in a round hole and run the ball between the tackles of East Carolina consistently, you're not going to be here very long. You're just not. Uh, Kyle said earlier, we don't consistently recruit offensive linemen to run the ball up in the, between the tackles all day long like an Alabama or a big SEC school. You've got to be unconventional to, do, to be successful here. That's the very fabric of our university. Let's face it. We've always had to be unconventional at, at times to be successful in everything we've done. And I think if, if we're going to continue to do the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing over and over and over and not a lot of success. We've got to try some things differently. Get these, you've got some athletes, get the ball to them in space. You got some running. I mean, the offensive line obviously is not going to hold up long enough to run a 25 yard dig route or a big old post route downfield. It's not. You got to get the ball to your athletes and get them, in, get it, get them in space and let them go to work. Until then, you're not going to be successful. And, and 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 if we don't learn to adapt to what we have instead of trying to have an ego and say, this is what we will do, you're not going to do it. So, guys, I appreciate what, you had, what, what you're doing tonight, and uh, y'all have a good night. Go Pirates. All right, Kendall. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Kendall and Aiden. Yeah. Got a lot to say there. Maybe we'll break <clears throat> it down when we uh, – have a lack of callers but we are locked and loaded so we'll keep on going on as we are 20 minutes away here from 1 a.m on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show let's go quickly to brian and raleigh next hey brian hey cliff good morning uh top of the morning to you <laughs> thanks for hanging in there late guys uh good call i think from kendall i think he had a lot of good things to say i know clip uh people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all better and that is not happening right it's, i'm all out of dust <laughs> yeah it's just not you know it's it's just not going to happen i think at this stage we we know what we are right we're 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 an offense that has an under an under talented offensive line quarterbacks who look at the sidelines after every play right they 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 don't know what the next what the next thing to do is. And I think a perfect example was like on the, on the fumble play, like Flynn has to know, like get up, get to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball. Shouldn't have to be looking at the line of scrimmage to go, okay, what do I do next? Right. And so I think people are talking about, Oh, we need to be more creative with play calling. And I'm not at practice and I don't really know, but to me is that the coaching staff, doesn't trust these guys to be creative because they can't run the, the normal offense without throwing the ball to the other team or throwing it into the ground. I mean, let's be honest. Mason was about an eyelash from two or three interceptions tonight that were pretty lucky that they weren't caught by the other team. So, you know, I'm, I'm with Kendall and the last caller that, you, you know, we need to look in the mirror and remember what we are, right? We're, we're not going to get 350 pound, linemen coming in here as freshmen every year as recruits for us. It's just not realistic. So, you, you, you know, you, you have to be able to do other things. But when was the last time I saw a screen pass 
or a, you know, a wide receiver middle screen or, or something, you know, again, where we can see the defense is just stacking the box and daring these guys to, to throw the ball down the field and challenging them to do that. And they have proven that they cannot do it. They cannot do it, right? And I don't know if it's they can't or they won't, but clearly to me it seems like, you know, the coaches are not going to destroy these guys, right, in um, interviews and that sort of thing and say, oh, you know, we don't trust Mason or Flynn can't do it or, you know, whatever the case may be. They're not going to do that. So, you know, maybe there's really something there where they don't understand or they're not grasping these concepts as well as they should be, and they just can't go beyond vanilla. And and we, we, we... we have to think of that as a reality. So, you know, I'm I'm coming to the game next week. I I got tickets for my family of five. We spent money. We're going to come and we're going to enjoy homecoming and we're going to visit fans and I'm I'm going to be supportive and wear my purple. Uh, but you know, I think uh, I think Jason mentioned it earlier. You know, as as we get closer, you, you got to be honest and say, look, you know, put the other kid in there. You know, put put the put the put the Jeter kid in there. See what he can do. Um, you know, see what you got there. You know, don't worry, you can't worry about burning red shirts at this point because I don't think a coach Houston is going to get fired this, this season. I, I just don't. We're coming off two bowl games, right? Sort of a resurgence of the program back to a winning record. So, if we go three and nine, is that acceptable? Really, probably not. But I do think he. You maybe give them you give them this season, and if it continues into next season, then you've really got problems. But they, they've got to do something about the offense. They've been stubborn, um, and I hope to just maybe see some screen passes or something more to to, to deal with there. So anyway, you know, go go Pirates! You know, I hope, I hope for a positive outcome next week. Thanks for taking my call late, fellas, and appreciate uh, all you do. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. You, Brian. Yes. Yeah. As far as you know fixing the offense i don't i don't know what you do short term for this year but long term for next year i if i was that i would say complete overhaul i I mean i think you need somebody new in there calling the plays but also if you had the best play caller in the world how much better would we be this year maybe a little but i don't know i I, you're gonna need a new quarterback as well i'm thinking wholesale changes uh, on the offense from what i've seen so far this year yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the frustrating part about all this. You know, we, we're putting a lot of it on the quarterbacks and stuff. But, you know, I've asked, I asked myself early in the season, well, who are they throwing it to that's truly making a, a play? At least tonight we had uh, Saul that showed up and, and made some good catches there in the game. Had a good, real good first half. Had a real good first half. Uh, not a lot of drops today as it has been in the past. So, the, But, but the, the difference is – we had to go on a 14-play drive. <laughs> I said the key to winning any football game, man, you've been around it long enough, it's explosion plays. They scored on two explosion plays in the first quarter. All right? And like I said, it's passing plays that go past 20 and run plays that go past 10. The longer you're on the field, which is good, we ate the clock up. We kept we kept those guys off the field. But typically, you trip yourself up in a 14-play drive. It's cool watching the game with y'all. Y'all uh, y'all would say something, and then Dan Mullen would echo it a couple minutes later, especially <laughs> on the point with the interception and was it zone versus man. Uh, but I saw somebody in the YouTube chat a moment ago 
say uh, David said Mullen hit the nail on the head during the game. It is hard to sustain these 10 to 20 play drives. And Jason, you've said that multiple times this year where the more plays you have, the more opportunities for a mistake you have. And uh, it's, and which is why you last week when I said we won time of possession and you looked at me in my soul in my <laughs> eyes and said time of possession doesn't matter well and we probably won it again tonight right it don't we're, matter it doesn't matter but no you're right I probably so um, but that's that's kind of the point and explosion plays yeah. that was y'all's keys uh, some of y'all's keys before the game and uh, we still lack them they hit them well um, when, when you break the game down when you kind of look at it uh, from start to finish, or, or, or actually even the first quarter. When you look at the first quarter, uh, after they took the lead, man, they, they, they started to actually play us a little bit differently in regards to they, at first their first uh, few series, I believe, they were up in our faces, uh, in the receivers' faces, I should say, um, you know, not giving them a lot of space and all of that. And then after they took the lead, they kind of backed off a little bit and saying, hey, we are going to make you drive the field and make you make that True. mistake. Right. Okay. And, and why would they do that? Yeah. We ain't showing them we have to really do that. Absolutely. So they guarded against the big play. Yeah. Uh, Good points. Uh, Callers and by the analysts here, uh, Marcus Crandall and Jason Nichols. 317-1250. We'll take another time out. We have more to go, and we've got four more callers locked and loaded, just as we did when we started this program hours (laughs) ago. Uh, Johnny D, Jay, David, and Pays. Hang on. We'll get to you when we return. The U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show rolls on after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. I've still got some voice left, so we're going to keep going. 317-1250, the number on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Halloween Express live line is locked and loaded. Check out Halloween Express next to Target. It is Greenville Premier's Halloween Superstore. Halloween Express, get your masks, costumes, decor, and more for adults and kids right there next to Target in Greenville. Go see Lisa Cartwright and the fine folks at Halloween Express. All right, Johnny D, Jay, David, hang on. Let's go to B. Pays and Raleigh. What's up, Pays? Well, so we, we can talk about Jeter now? <laughs> I reckon so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we can talk about Jeter, Mantle, Ruth, whoever. <laughs> anybody, anybody, anybody. So um, I disagree with um, the caller, a couple of callers that said we're not in the coach mode thing. We're not in the, you know, some of these, you know, when we've had these, these slumps. So listen, you know, with all due respect to current coaching staff or, you know, whatever, John Thompson and Coach Moe, they weren't playing teams like this. I just went back and kind of looked. At the, you know, some of the teams between, you know, the Coach Mo era and the John Thompson era. You know, that's five seasons of, of Pirate football where it was really bad. They played 14 ranked teams. 14. Top 25 teams between those five seasons. We played, Mike Houston has played how many ranked teams in, in five years? I went back and looked at that. So I think Cincinnati twice, uh, Michigan this year, 
and NC State. So four in five years, it looks like to me. Because I don't believe BYU was ranked, and I don't believe, and I could be wrong, was UCF ranked last year when we beat them? I don't think they were. I don't think they were at that time. So, yes, this is in that realm. You are in that realm right now of you're not playing, you know, you got two guys in there. You're not playing Miami, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, South Florida when they were good. You're not playing those teams like that. I mean, you've lost two right. A decent, I mean, SMU is what they are. Appalachia State got beat by Coastal, a two and three Coastal Carolina team the other night. Um, you know Marshall's okay, you know, but you're but you are in that realm. And if, and if Pirate fans want to say, "Oh, we're not going, we're not in the Mo realm, or we're not in that," yes, you are. That's where you're. You're one and five again. Pace, I I hear you, but we're we're talking in three three and nine seasons versus back to back bowl seasons. This year is definitely a, a bad, but as far as eras and things like that, it would have to be multiple years of this. Yeah, but you're but 22 and what, 29 now? 22 and 29. Six of those wins. Yeah, John Thompson won three games and Mo won nine games. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I agree with you on that, but... Mike Houston's not played the schedule none of those guys play. None of them. Even Rutt, he's not playing those. He's not playing those schedules. Play. And listen, I, I hope the man turns it around, but I think he's being exposed for where he's at. I think it's a fifth-year coach that didn't plan on being here, didn't plan on doing anything with these quarterbacks. He's He can't, he can't develop quarterbacks and we're definitely seeing this year we can't develop wide receivers. That is an issue. So listen, I hope he I hope he turns it around. I I don't think I think this is going to be what it is. But hopefully at some point we got to take you know on the managerial level Gilbert and those guys. I saw Mark Lindsay put something up today, and I know Mark is Mark, but we got to start taking this thing seriously. Like and when I'm talking about seriously on hiring the right coaches, not even on the head coach level, but hiring the right offensive coordinators and th- and things like that. I'll hang up and listen to y'all. I'll see y'all next week. All right, Pays. Right, see you, man. Appreciate you, buddy. B. Pays calling in Raleigh. I got to see what Mark Lindsay said now. My interest, consider my interest peaked. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We go next. To, Coach's uh, thing is getting serious, man. You got a seriously good season working, a seriously good day going today, and a seriously good streak on the line at the moment. <laughs> what must it all feel like at the? <laughs> I, can, I can see it on your face, but uh, what must it all feel like? Just trying to keep things level as you head into the weekend here. Did he say serious? He did say serious. Uh, that Mark said we got to start getting serious, and Mark was dead serious. All right, uh, we go next to David in Farmville on the Halloween Express live line. Chandler and I got a kick out of that, whether or not anybody else did. So that was for us. Uh, David, you're up. Hey, hey guys. Um, you know, I just, I, I just have to say this. Um, it, it's frustrating. Um, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to call in simply because, uh, 
uh, you know, we're, we're, we know what the problems are, yet we continue to show up on Saturday and we see the same things over and over again. Um, uh, you've got a coach. I think you've got a coaching staff that's, that's stubborn. He came in under the premise he wanted to have a power running game. He wanted to control the ball, control the clock. Um, you know, after a bye week um, coming into this game, being, somebody mentioned it earlier, being an underdog for the game. Um, the first three series, we had nine yards. Um, we continued throughout the game. We're going to run the ball up the middle. We're going to run the ball up the middle. Very limited play calling, trying to get the running backs to the outside. You started seeing um, a couple of plays where Garcia scrambled to the outside. Um, you know, we're, we're talking in our group, roll him out, give him time to see the field, give him time to make some plays, maybe maybe move the ball down the field. Um, they, they ran a little pseudo option tonight, uh, I think, for the first time. I, I think the problem is this. You've got a coaching staff that's in their fifth year. They've got two quarterbacks that have been in the program four years. Four. We, we, we shouldn't be having problems with them being able to read defenses. We shouldn't have problems with them being able to spot defenses and make quick throws. Um, I honestly believe Mike Houston had no intention of being here after four, after four years. He rode Ehlers all the way to the end. And, you know, you got two other guys. Did he never assume they were ever going to play? And now we watch the play calling um, over and over again. It, it's it's one yard on first down. It's another yard on second down. Now it's third and long. We know we're having trouble. Uh, you got receivers running routes that aren't even extending beyond the sticks. So when they do catch it, it's not going to be a first down. Um, you've got a coaching staff that doesn't know how to utilize the players at quarterback that they have. You got a six foot five guy that's two hundred and forty pounds. I mean, I guarantee you, Coach Logan would know how to utilize Mason Garcia, and we wouldn't be having these problems. Um, but for the life of this coaching staff, they don't see it, um, and they're not willing to make the adjustments. It was evident at the start of this game they weren't they weren't really ready to make any adjustments. They're going to keep doing what they're going to do, and uh, look. This team is not going three and nine. I don't see how. How can you win if you can't score, if you can't move the ball? I just, you know, it's frustrating. Um, I don't know where to go with this. Um, I just, and don't make excuses that we can't get linemen here at ECU to block um, and create holes. App's doing it. Coastal's doing it. Old Dominion's doing it. Every team in the state's doing it. Every other team around the country's doing it. There's no excuse. Um, there's serious problems in the program. I don't, I don't know what they are, but they emanate from the top. Um, Mike Houston has got to start taking credit for, for the failure of the team and stop blaming it on the defense, um, succumbing late in the game. They're succumbing late in the game because they're tired. The offense isn't doing a thing to carry their own weight. They make one mistake, give up a touchdown, the game's over. Once they fall behind, it's over because um, they have no strategy to get ahead. Um, there's, no, there's no screen passes. There's no intermediate passes over the middle. 
just throw it over the middle instead of to the sideline. Um, hey, look, I, I love your guys' show, but uh, I, we're singing to the choir. The coaching staff doesn't hear a thing we're saying, and they're not going to make the adjustments, and uh, that's the frustrating part. So uh, I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, enjoy it. Thanks. All right, David. Good thoughts. It, uh, it does feel frustrating that this is what we are uh, this year because we're halfway through now. It's not – uh, you know, we'll get better. We'll we'll learn from this, and how much better you're going to get? Every other team in the country, every other team on our schedule is also getting better. Uh, for the, I mean, we we just don't got it this year, and that's frustrating. But that's where we are. It really is, and um, the most per- perplexing thing to me is the fact that he, what he talked about in regards to um, those guys have been in here. For, I'm talking about the quarterbacks, been here for four years, just as long as the coaches. Yeah, and um, and. For whatever reason, they they look like freshmen. They look like really, man. They look like freshmen, racial freshmen, whatever it may be. But um, um, you know, making those mistakes that freshmen makes, and uh, that, so that, that that's. Mm. Well, I'm gonna tell you the frustrating thing too is we, we talk about the the quarterbacks, right? I watched Tulane this year play, and they played with their backup quarterback, and he came in, and I forget which game it was. He looked like the starter. Mm. Talking about Tulane, uh, Ole Miss. They almost beat oh, right, Ole Miss right, with yeah. the backup quarterback. Yeah. Well, how about we faced uh, what wasn't it App State? App State, Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Their backup. Yeah. That was their backup. Yeah. The the initial guy that got hurt. So, you know, um, man, I, 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 you know, we we got we can't make any more excuses. There is no more excuses. Um, the excuses, like you said, we are what we are right now. And we gotta find a way to, to clean it up, um, and it is. I mean, it's 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 we gotta we gotta do something, man. Because y- you bring back the same team, is there a different result next year? No, I mean you you got a lot of changes to make. Yeah, uh, I mean we we even saw some. I'm not sure if you noticed, but we had some different old line up front today, right? Yeah, yeah we made some changes there. Um, so we said I mean, the kid's it, name. It, it was a name that we hadn't seen. Yeah, yeah. We we're so here I mean, um, You know, trying to figure out those guys too. And then, and if there's, this was their new uh, first game or whatever, playing. Um, it, it'll take some time for those guys to deal as well and get used to whatever the system is and the coaching and all of that. Um, but that's that's what you're going to get. I mean, when you make those changes, right? And uh, if you haven't developed a guy to to take over. Uh, these are the kind of uh, games that we're going to be facing for the rest of the year, pretty much. All right, we go next to Jay in Greenville on the Halloween Express live line. Hello, Jay. Hey, guys. Y'all already had drunk student Jay call in, so I figured I need to call in and let you know I am way too sober to be watching this crap Jay from Greenville. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, I was like, he called back. <laughs> Wait, are you Jay from the future in the past? <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Jay. If I was James from the future, I'd have all the answers right now. But uh, oh. no, I, I heard that guy call in. I was like, "Well, I got to call now just to redeem the name." <laughs> Good deal, um, man. I tell you what, I've I've listened to some of the callers. I've flipped around. I listened to uh, some of Mike Houston's comments. Um, I saw a coach at the podium with. Uh, uh, like a 
like a defeated pitcher on the mound with bad demeanor. Um, I mean, he, he just looked defeated. He looked like he didn't have any answers. Uh, people are tired of him just saying the same old crap. I mean, we've heard it every week. And, uh, you know, obviously they don't have the answers. I, I mean, we can rehash the offense and, and, and Donnie Kirkpatrick till we're blue in the face, but um, it's beyond that. Um, I mean, you guys played for Coach Logan. Uh, he would have had a damn ulcer if he knew he had this little quarterback talent and receiver talent. Uh, we have terribly misevaluated what we thought we had. And I don't know how we got to this point. Um, you know, we pay some NIO money. We don't pay uh, as much as some, but uh, we pay more than Marshall does. You know, but, but Marshall had better receivers than we did across the board. Um, I mean, and it's, it, I don't want to pick on one position, so we'll, you know, we'll leave quarterback alone, but I mean, people talked earlier. It is time to see Jeter and uh, and and Garcia um, more. Flynn's not the answer. Um, you know, he um, his numbers remind me of of uh, good old Ernest Tennant when he came here and and uh, threw more interceptions than uh, touchdowns and and uh, pick sixes. But um, right now, what we got to battle is is uh, fan apathy. And we're getting ready to reach the point where fans are going to not show up even more so than they did tonight. I mean, it's a Thursday night. It's tough to get there. I think they said they distributed about 33,000 tickets. Uh, I mean, that's 17,000 empty seats times however you want to work it, 40 or 50 bucks a seat. At 50 bucks a seat, that's what, like $850,000? You know, they're sitting there empty, potentially. Uh, I mean, they handed out, they offered ten dollars seats, all you can, all you can get to all the university staff. To, to, I, I reached out, I couldn't, I couldn't give them away. Couldn't give away tickets. I mean, um, and and this isn't the first time we've had to do that. I mean, and there'll be more. I mean, it'd be like, oh, well, everybody bring a can of can, empty can goods for. Thanksgiving, you get in the game for free. I mean, there, there's no value in a, an ECU football ticket anymore. And, um, I mean, I got friends in Goldsboro. Uh, I mean, we're talking about people that used to give five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year to the Pirate Club. That won't, they won't make the drive now to come watch a game. Uh, friends in uh, – Southern Virginia in the Tidewater area they used to come this way for ball games and uh, they just they gave up they just quit I mean they got they got done in um, uh, during the Scotty Mo years and and we still haven't won those people back and uh, you know we, we we really need to reevaluate what we're doing um, we've got to redevelop a fan base really and we got to give them something to rally around because uh, this isn't it. I mean, uh, I mean, I almost say uh, let's get the stands full. Uh, and, and yeah, we're going to have to make our money elsewhere uh, with concessions and whatnot. But um, I mean, we—I don't know how 
they're going to figure out a, a budget over there, but they got to figure it out. But they're getting ready to go dump a bunch of money into a indoor practice facility. What good is that going to do? I mean, you'd rather take that money and go buy yourself a team next year. Um, that's what we need. We need players. You know, we need people to get, start transitioning, uh, you know, to the NIL instead of the Pirate Club. And I know we've talked about that before uh, with various people. Y'all had guests on the show. Um, but, you know, the Pirate Club was started for a reason because scholarships meant something. You know, you had kids that would come to school that didn't have a chance to, to go to school otherwise. And, and getting a scholarship was a big deal to them. And now it's just not. I mean, you got to have a scholarship. you got to have $12,000 a year or, or 20000 a year. Or, or if you're in Utah, you got to get trucks. And, and uh, you know, we'll never compete with all that. But we've got to make sure we can out-recruit Charlotte and out-recruit Old Dominion and out-recruit App State and Marshall and all these people for the players that we need to get. And, uh, you know, I just, it's, it's disheartening. Uh, but change has to come. I mean, I think it was Coach Logan that told the story about writing three letters, uh, you know, and your second letter was fire the coordinator and the third letter was write three letters. Well, damn, Mike Houston's getting ready to have to open up two letters at one time. I mean, I, I thought he was at the uh, fire coordinator, but, I mean, we lose to Charlotte. He might as well go ahead and open up the third letter. I mean, it's uh, it's just sad how far we've fallen. And uh, anyway, I hope we can get it turned around. But it ain't going to be this year. Um, I mean, it's time to play Jeter uh, and Garcia. Uh, anybody else that's out there, uh, get those guys in and play. And and the thing is, they may or may not stick around. I mean, I. They may or may not stick around. It used to be you could uh, invest in your younger talent because you knew they were going to be your future. But now with the portal, uh, you know, you better be looking around. I think Jason talked about it earlier, but, uh, you know, you got to start scouting out other teams. And, and there is a pecking order. People are scouting our players. Um, we need to be scouting uh, – you know, teams that we can pick and choose from, whether it's a Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, A&T, um, whoever, uh, Toledo. I mean, we've we've gotten players from there, uh, but we gotta we gotta find the talent and bring them here. Uh, this just didn't cut it, and everybody knows it. Good call. You said a lot. And uh, thank you for uh, for calling us and getting out your frustrated thoughts here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Calling Show. Appreciate it, Jay. That was Jay in Greenville with a lot to say tonight. The other Jay. The other, the sober older Jay. Uh, wiser Jay. Wiser Jay. All right, 317-1250 Halloween Express live line. Johnny D is in Wilmington. He, like myself, saw a couple of losses for his teams tonight. What's up, Johnny? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> J, 
Jason, Marcus, y'all really do compliment this show. I'm kind of like Brett Favre. You know, it took me a long time to figure out what a dime defense was. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all's insights really do matter to people who think they know everything about football. Uh, Jason, I think last week was talking about the man in motion and it really did put a lot of perspective on that. Um, yeah, uh, the fourth down call tonight, uh, you know, fourth and two, you know, losing my 14, that is a huge head scratcher for me. Um, you know, Donnie Kilpatrick, you know, he keeps like going, uh, horizontal instead of vertical. You know, it was third and 10, and he's throwing these uh, horizontal uh, passes out to the uh, receiver on the side. He's picking up two or three yards, and we're punting. I just don't get those plays. We need to scrap that. Um, I know you guys are running late tonight, so I'll be brief. I just want to give a shout-out to Jaquan McMillan tonight for the Broncos. Undrafted from ECU. Led the team, seven solo tackles, three for a loss. And the other two boys from uh, North Carolina, Javante and Jaleel, our running backs, uh, rocked it as well. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I would love for you guys to uh, comment on the fourth down uh, play if you guys have it. Man. Y'all have a good night. All right, Johnny D. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Yeah, I was scratching my head. I... I, I got a little angry like alright if the game's over we'll go and start the show because we're going to be here late so if we're going to call it are we just going to sim to finish is it a forfeit um, I, I have no idea I didn't get the I didn't get it at all yeah you were you were kind of in that situation you're like hey you guys agree with us and like we're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. y'all weren't really saying much i was like am i off you Uh, we we all thought it was a no-brainer right in regards to being uh you know down with whatever it was i think it was like 646 somewhere around there down 14 Uh, you're at a decent spot on the field yeah Yeah, and it's two yards yeah nothing to lose We're, we're down 14 yeah, there's nothing to lose there. So I don't know what the thought process was, but um, he, he, you know, um, he decided to punt. Decided to punt. <laughs> yep. Hey, hey, coach, say punt. You got to punt. Got to punt. There you go. All right, uh, Cheezel, Charlie, Logan, hang on. We are rolling on. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Getting close to last call for your calls because we do have to get out of here at some point so we can go home and come right back here tomorrow and do it all over again. 317-1250, the number. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show rolls on after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you. 317-1250. Getting close uh, to last call for your call, so get them in. 317-1250. Logan, Cheezle, Charlie, hang on. We go to Logan in L.A. We got two Logans on. Logan in L.A. Hello, hello, Logan. Hey, Clip. How's it going? All right. Um... My question is about what issues like is it relevant to the region? So like I grew up in eastern North Carolina. Are we still doing a good job in the region or is it losing that fan base? 
Are we still doing good as far as having a fan base in the region? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Cliff. A rabid fan base, but I mean, like, are we still ECU, or are we just like a whatever team now? Now, play. I don't know. I think at this point, maybe you need to win more to get attention because there's so many more things to do in the world now. I think back to when you guys played and when I was kind of growing up as a fan, there weren't as many options. It's uh, just, to, quite frankly, to do that you couldn't watch a million games on TV. So you would go to an ECU game and uh, and have a full day in the time of your life. And now. Uh, everything's at the the snap of a finger and your attention is diverted so much that you almost need a winner to get behind for people to to be diehards about it i don't know i, I don't know if i'm even answering your question but i feel like if you win they will come uh right now we're not winning and the students uh did a hell of a job again i feel like tonight and have all season um but yeah we, we need to win some ball games to get some people back my, my last question, you can don't answer it all. Marcus, why'd you go see you anyway? You're, you're a top five quarterback in our history. Why'd you go? You're asking him why he went why? to ECU? Yeah. Yeah, I came because of uh, the previous guys ahead of me, Jeff Blake and those guys that won the Peach Bowl. Uh, I wanted to be a part of, you know, those guys leaving and then taking over the torch. Right, I wanted to carry on that tradition because I wanted ECU to be kept on the map. You know what I mean? Like we got noticed nationally around the world after beating the uh, NC State in the Peach Bowl that year, and so I wanted to be a part of that and and be that team or be the uh, be a part of that team to continue and change the culture, so to speak, in in regards to being ECU uh, people recognizing uh, the brand all around the world, not just in Eastern North Carolina, but all around the world. All right, Logan. Yeah. All right, thank you. Logan in L.A. 317-1250. We get closer to home uh, to Pittsburgh and talk to Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Cliff. Sorry, uh, we we couldn't uh, – didn't have all the, the things firing on the show. Hopefully you found us on YouTube, though. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. I just, yeah, listen, it was not as disappointing as our coaching decisions uh this evening um i'm 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 so disappointed tonight i i can't hardly stand it i mean you know for me it really for me i really started scratching my head at the end of the first half when we get the ball there's a minute and a half left and we pretty much salt the clock away and i understand that there's some rationale and not risking too much there because you don't want to get a turnover and then let them score right before the half but Man, I mean, if you you think if we could have even put a a uh, a field goal on the on the board there, um, you know, I don't know that has the potential to change the whole complexion of the second half. Um, Charlie, sometimes I feel like I, I enter a time machine watching this team play and go back to the early '90s when I started watching football, late '80s, whatever, and uh, watching NFL games, and a team would get the ball back with about 47 seconds and take the kickoff and take a knee and go to the locker room. That that I feel like we're the only team that doesn't try to score before the half. It's very frustrating. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it, and it's and it's really it's just so frustrating. Uh, I'm right there with you, but and you know, and then obviously we know a bunch of people have mentioned the uh, the stripped ball where we couldn't get a snap. Um, 
off to you know to prevent the review and that's something that this coaching staff has has been doing for a long time it's it's, it's almost like we want to give the ref enough time to make sure they get it right um I, and i don't understand it we 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 got to have some call where just get out there and just spike the damn ball do something if if we can prevent that review in those situations and then you know at the end of the game i mean of, of course the the uh the the going for I mean the not going forward on that fourth down has been beat to death, but you know I've been going to football games in Greenville for a long time and I don't miss very many of them. Um, and uh, myself and my family we have always been the type to stay till the final whistle. And I'm not I'm not disparaging fans who leave early. That's not what this call is about because you, as a fan you do what you want to and heck if they want people to stay put a product on the field that'll make people stay. But when our coach makes that decision not to go for it on fourth down and it feels like we've thrown in the daggum towel with seven minutes left to go in the game, that is, that's insulting to me as a fan. And, you know, that's, you, the people who came, and, I mean, obviously we could have had a bigger crowd there today, but, you know, for the people who came, you know, you, you give up things to come. You, your time, your money, I mean, it's, it, it, that was just – that that was kind of insulting to me of like uh, of our coach basically throwing in the towel on national television uh, with that much time left to go in the game. And I understand that getting a pick six right there and going down by fourteen is demoralizing. But that on it, you're the coach. And we so anyway, that's about all I got to say. Um, but we got to get our heads screwed on right, or we're, or we're going to get beat by Biff uh, in Greenville next weekend. I don't know uh. if I can physically stand that. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I appreciate what y'all do as always. I am just now, as we speak, pulling back into my driveway in Pittsburgh. So I appreciate y'all riding with me. And, uh, well, we can go now, Charlie. You don't know this, but we wait until you get home and then we wrap it up. <laughs> so we can go now. <laughs> well, All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Y'all have a good night. All right, Charlie. And great call. Bad. I got, I mean, I was kind of upset at that too. Like, what are we doing here? Why, what do we. I guess we're not going to try to win this one. We're just going to call it quits. That was, I'm sure of the folks that like uh, like Charlie that went to the game, you, you give up stuff to go to those games. That's uh, That had to be tough to, to sit there and watch. All right, 317-1250. Cheezle is up next on the Halloween Express live line from Ocean City. Hello, Cheezle. Cliff, how we doing? Great, man. Good for you. Tough night for you. Hey, look, I'm not going to beat the dead horse on you know where we're at and see where we're at on this particular game. But if we look at everything, you know, from a fifty thousand foot view, even going back to when we fired Ruff and we get Scotty in here, we're dealing with the whole comfort thing. I'm just starting to think: Are we just dealing with a total inept leadership from the top down? Where you know maybe. Mike Houston was thinking he was going to get his $1.4 million, ride out the Holton Ehlers years, take his buyout, and go from there. Because, I mean, if you look at Mason Garcia, he's been in the program for four years. Does he have, I don't even think he's got 60, I don't even think he's got 60 completions in four years. And he came in as one of the highest touted recruits that we've had in a very, very long time. And I believe Billy said that actually, you know, not too long ago. So I'm confused. I, I get it. Flynn's from, you know, Western North Carolina, not too far from maybe where Mike's from. But at some point, you got to take a look at the leadership from the top down. I'm not saying we go to the AD right now, but Mike Houston cannot be going ahead 
and taken a you know two point three million dollar extension till twenty twenty six and then not have anybody to come in and then call everybody kids in his press conference. These aren't kids. You've got some you know you've got some fifth year, six year players on your on your team. Yeah, you've got one seventeen year old guy in the secondary, but that's ridiculous. You're you're still working with men here, right? And I get it. You're trying to curate men. I watched all of the you know, documentary that they did out on ESPN and all that stuff. I get it. But at the end of the day, you don't have any talent. And it goes back to recruiting because nobody wants to play for you. How many recruits have we already lost? It's not even about getting people in the seats. You're not going to have to worry about getting people in the seats if you can't get people on the team. Cheese or anything else, man? No, that's about all I got. I hear you. All right, hey, geez. thanks for hanging out with us late, man. Hey, anytime. Hey, sorry for your loss, but I will make sure that when uh, we win, I'll have a hang up. Uh, hang up on them. Hang up. Hang up. I don't care about the Phillies. This is not the show. 317-1250. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show. Logan is up in Greenville. Hey, Logan. How's it going, fellas? All right. All right. Um... It has been a very interesting call. Um, I've just been listening, and uh, yes, everybody's pretty much been saying that our offense is very vanilla, but I feel like we are disrespecting vanilla. Uh, I feel like we are garbage, but that's another story. Um, I feel like ECU is the only team that can go into victory formation and lose, because we are, and we're also the only team that can go into a bye week and lose. Um, Rice lost to UConn at home after they just beat us, which was kind of demoralizing for me to look at. And then after a week, and then Donnie says that uh, they usually don't meet as a group very much. I'm like, you're, you're the OC. You should be meeting with your guys about once a week, at least, if not more than that. Um, but it was evident tonight that he doesn't meet with his uh, with his crew because, I mean, first down and 10, run it up the middle. First down and 10, run it up the middle. Um, the only time that we didn't run it up the middle on the first down, we got, I think it was a seven-yard out route to Shane Calhoun that could have been for more, but he got tackled. And I'm looking around like – where was that, you know, in the first half? Um, you know, we started with Alex Flynn, you know, kind of fizzled after three drives. Like, was, you know, before it was nine yards, and then Mason comes in. You know, he stalls a little bit, and then he marches down the field and scores the touchdown, right? And I look over my buddy, I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm sitting in, you know, the set of Full Metal Jacket where um, Ermie says to Private Pyle that he's finally found something he's good at. You know, I'm like, okay, well, let's keep doing this then. And we just proceed to not do it like pretty much the rest of the game. And then we put Flynn back in in the second half. So I'm just kind of scratching my head for that. Um, very confused, very upset, um, but I'm not going to take any more of you guys' time. I appreciate you taking my call. You guys All have right. A night. For 1.34 a.m., you had your thoughts together, Logan. Good call. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. All right. There is Logan in Greenville. 317-1250, 1.33 a.m., still getting calls. Let's uh, – Let's go one more segment here. We got John, Jake, and Jenny hanging on. 317-1250, U.S. Sailor, fifth quarter call-in show. We got more to go when we return after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Yeah, what's All right, 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Halloween Express, your Greenville's premier Halloween superstore. 
right next to Target. Go get all your shopping done when it comes to costumes, masks, and more at Halloween Express. All right, uh, we return to that live line here on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show uh, as we will wrap it up here shortly, but we got more calls to get to. Let's go uh, line one, Shirley, John, and Raleigh. Hey, John. Hey, Cliff. Uh, Thanks, guys, for for what y'all do. And um, Mark and uh, Jason, I got a quick question for you. And (laughs) I tell you, it's really great talking with you guys. I was there at the Liberty Bowls and, with Illinois and Stanford in 94, 95 and watched you guys. Um, you know, I tell you, just, uh, just a real thrill watching you guys, but Hey, so just a big picture thing. So obviously, you know, as the last caller said, I'm not going to pile on about what happened tonight. I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, we are what we are, but just big picture. It seems to me that because of the transfer portal and because of the NIL going forward, and it's so much different now than when you guys played back in the nineties, um, that we got to have someone who really, really understands the transfer portal and how to incorporate that with, um, with the NIL you know, deal and, and the whole changes of the whole you know, atmosphere of college football. And I just wondered what you guys think. I, I mean, to me, uh, a Ruffin McNeil-type person who was not only a great player for East Carolina, but he was kind of an – he was an inspirational type figure. And to me, he was made for the environment that we have now because he has the ability to inspire and attract kids. And it's not so much about X's and O's anymore. It's about players and attracting talent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to have your X's and O's, but but you also have to have players and talent. I mean, you, you, know, you look at Dion out of Colorado, I mean, he gets about 80-some new players. I mean, he's like, i got to have the right people. And I just wondered if you guys could comment uh, from your perspective about what it was like, you know, back when you played for Coach Logan, and what it's like now, and just how everything's kind of changed. And again, thanks, thanks for everything, and thank y'all for for being there. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. Okay. Well, I uh, appreciate that, John. Um, you know, one of the things when we played here, and, and I've heard a couple callers mention this. We had a chip on our shoulder that was bigger than the boulder out in Colorado. And we worked out that way, we trained that way, we practiced that way, because we had something to prove. Um, and we wanted to prove, you heard Marcus say the reason why he came here is because he wanted to prove to the to everybody that we can carry on that legacy that the teams before us started when they went to the Peach Bowl and beat NC State. And so that, that boulder, that chip that you gotta have on your shoulder, it, it, it has to be, something that you truly believe in or you don't come to East Carolina. It's, it's what it's, I hate to say it, but it goes back to what Steve Logan said, that little clip that I used to see on on Twitter or X. Uh, you don't come to East Carolina if you don't want to have that boulder on your shoulder. Um, it's not going to be easy. We're not equal. They look down on us. So when we get on the field, we're going to bust them in the mouth. And we're going to do it for four quarters. That's where the four quarters came from. We used to we used to train. I don't even know if we can do it now, to be honest with you, but we used to train more than the track team, it seemed like, <laughs> with all the running we did here. But it was because we were, not, we were not going to lose in the fourth quarter. That was the expectation when we got here at East Carolina. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to say we didn't lose. Some people might have just beat our butt. 
But they weren't going to beat us if we had a lead in the fourth quarter when we was here. Go look it up. We had that mentality. And that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't really say anything much else, Jason. You summed it up, man. And uh, I guess I, I guess the difference is is that, you know, I, I don't think kids come with that attitude anymore. I think they come with an attitude of... Um, what can I get? If I, it, what was there for the NIL? And uh, if, it's, if it's not here, yeah. I can get it somewhere else. And so I'm going to go jump ship and find somewhere else and um, not willing to stick it out so to speak in a lot of in a lot of uh, circumstances um, you know we had we had guys here not not saying that you know we didn't have some people that came and then left and go to a transfer to another school and all of that because we did we actually we did, did. Yep. Uh, but um, you, you saw it less you saw it less yeah. and so and, and of course the you know all the things that go along with transferring like back then you have to sit out a year and all those things and now you don't and so everything changes yeah and i don't know you know how we we get that back i don't know if you ever can you'll never get anything to replicate that but something similar to that back and steve you mentioned it like steve logan wasn't a guy from greenville north carolina like how i wonder if he was just a special guy but how he was able to embrace it the way he did and send that to y'all and now that has shaped you guys i mean the way y'all talk about east carolina uh you still talk about it with passion and it's it's awesome to see well we did man and we we had some we had some great experiences here and that's why it hurts that's why it, it kind of bothers us as we sit up here and we feel your frustration uh everybody that calls into this show um, we feel that frustration. It, 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 I have to almost control myself at times. Even just then, I, I get fired up a little bit um, because it means so much to us and to all you guys that's calling in. But um, I don't know how you get that back. You'll never get back that because the transfer portal has made that non-existent now. Yeah. Um, you know, so we're 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 beyond that. But you do got to find somebody. I think uh, he was on the right path when he said somebody that, you know, that at, at some point can navigate that thing pretty good. I don't know how you do it. I mean, yeah. Dion is different. We, you know, mm-hmm. Dion is, you're not getting a Dion Sanders because he, that's a different guy, you know. Um, and honestly, you're not, I don't, you're not getting rid of Mike Houston right now. No. So, you know, you can't even look down that road. But we got to find something that puts that chip back on our shoulder to where we play, you know. I mean, here's the other thing that's good, that can play a factor as far as the transfer portal. Uh, kids, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they Google, man. They, they find out what the uh, coaching staff is and they look them up and do all this search and research and all that and due diligence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then, you know what? <laughs> They'll reach out to you, man. They'll reach out and say, hey, coach, uh, I need a place to play, so to speak. And and uh, I, I'm sure you've had it. I've had it. I have had plenty of quarterbacks reach out, receivers, offensive linemen. And so they're, they're going to find you and then you just kind of take it to another level as far as you know, um, you know, finding the right people. Yeah. Hey, are they good enough? Because that, I'm, I'm, and I'm, that's what I mean by finding the right people. Yeah. And because I'm gonna tell you, everybody listens and talks about this portal. That portal is a death trap for most people. They go in there and they don't get 
rediscovered. As far as the players? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a death trap. It's happened to uh, our, uh, Hassan uh, Howell, one of our running backs. I know. I think he went in and never came out. It's a lot of them. That, he's not the only one. He's not the only. I right. think it's about 60-some percent yeah. that get left behind in there. Hey, you hope at some point people realize that and we're still in the early days of it, so maybe yep, that peters off some. Right. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because that 40% that gets out of there, they already been contacted. Right. They've already been contacted. Through and the back channels. And through the back channels. And, I mean, look at the guys that we lost here. I mean, let's face it. That's what's really hurting our team right now. Yeah. Look at the kids that we lost here that could still be here playing at East Carolina. Yeah. You're talking about a different football team. But uh, that, that that's a part of the coaching right now, though, right? Is how yeah. are you going to manage those things? Right? Yeah. How, how do you manage You it? have to adapt to that. It you is really not do. the way it, it was. You so, really do. Yeah, and um, it, it's part of that. That's what you're going to get paid the big dollars for. As the late, great Jeff Charles uh, would say, you got to keep up or get left behind, Clip. Anyway, <laughs> that right. sounded just yeah, like He was exactly right. <laughs> RIP voice. All right. Uh, 317-1250. Let's go to Jake in Greenville. Hello, Jake. I figured Jake might have not stayed on. Fell asleep. All right. Does Jenny want to wrap it up? We got Jenny in Greenville. Hello, Jenny. What's up, guys? I just wanted to give you a huge shout out and tell y'all to wrap it up because I just wrapped up the photos. It's been a long day. I appreciate every single one of you. Did we sing Shirley happy birthday yet? Uh, no, we'll do that real quick. You ready? <coughs> yeah. Hold on. Chandler, wake up. It's the most quiet. <laughs> Chandler's ready. I'm He's right good. here. All right. I'm ready to roll. He's up. A uh, one, a uh, two, a uh, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shirley. Happy birthday to you. You should see her reaction. She <laughs> is loving it. She is just loving life right now. Shelly say, get me out of here. All right. Oh, is that man. it, Jenny? Thank you guys for everything you did. Joey was super sidekick today when Chandler was running the ship. So I want to give intern Joey a shout out to you. And thank you guys for everything you do. Great day. Greenville is a special place. And East Carolina is a special place. And hopefully we can keep rising right we got to rise to the occasion right guys no doubt winterfield's we'll a special to- place and i need to go there so we'll uh talk to you later <laughs> thanks Cliff. all right all right, all right jenny later thanks Good jenny night. thank you for all you do and uh and your uh game day work that you put in as well uh the brown and wood drive of the games brought to you by brown and wood serving the pirate nation eastern north carolina since 1937 brown and wood your number one dealership in greenville brown and wood on greenville boulevard greenville online brown and wood auto.com uh mason garcia caps off a, an eight minute 14 play 14 drive play. that ended uh with a mason garcia touchdown run which uh you said you like that call near the yeah. goal line yep. got off to a rough start with a, a low snap yeah, yeah that's that's what I, we were thinking or i was thinking i was thinking it was a busted play because of the low snap and uh i think it was Raji um ran into 
uh, Mason, and uh, anyway, it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> and we found <laughs> and that was big. They, they got down 14 nothing. It was like, uh-oh, this one's going way south. Uh, they get a big field goal from Conrad. Right. Uh, a couple more defensive stops. Uh, they get that big touchdown drive. It's 14-10. to 10. You're feeling pretty good. Yeah. And uh, just couldn't do anything from there at all. Kind of seen that story before uh, this season, unfortunately. All right. Uh, Shirley, we will wrap it up. Happy birthday to you, Chandler. Great work, as always. Marcus and Jason, uh, the people tell you, and I'll tell you every week as well, y'all are uh, just uh, awesome on this show. And uh, thank y'all for doing a great job. And uh, as you see, we do this show win or lose, good or bad. And uh, we're here for the Pirate Nation. So uh, they appreciate y'all. We do as well here. So thanks, guys. All right. All right. Um, appreciate you. We will reconvene with Jason on Monday, Marcus next Thursday. Next and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Pirate Radio Live. Thanks to Wings Over Greenville for the awesome post-game food. Thank you to U.S. Sailor for their sponsorship of this show and Halloween Express for the Halloween Express live line. Thank you all for the 165 still watching on YouTube. <laughs> You're my kind of freaks. Go to bed. <laughs> go. You can go to bed go now. To bed. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll see you next Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.